I've been waiting a long time for this. All talk, no shock. City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, transformers, independent artists, interviews, transformers, and stuff and things. Also, sometimes transformers. And now, here he is. They call him Mr. Fahrenheit, Mike Seibert. Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE. That's 231-224-6453. And write it to the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. And as always, that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. And this week, it's good to be the king. Special guest co-host Killing Spree returns, and we're discussing Godzilla, King of the Monsters. But is Godzilla king of the box office? Or is this just another monster-mashed flop? And what does Killing Spree think about the labels we're so quick to throw around? Oh man, expect some fireworks. Plus, the behavior of some so-called fans has our skin crawling. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. Don't call it a... Mothra. Don't call it a... Sidora. Don't call it a... Rodan. Name for this one? My Godzilla. Don't call it a comeback. I'm in here for damn. Our planet will perish. Bam. Unless we set Godzilla free. Listen to the beast go boom. So this plan is what you would call a long shot. Well, let's get started. Stay tuned after the feature for more great previews. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and we are talking Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And I figured to have a conversation of this scale and magnitude, I uh, thought I would reconnect with the monster expert himself. Uh, Killing Spree is here in the studio with me. Uh, how you doing? Doing all right. And that's right. The one who shall not be named is here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I man. thought that was funny as hell. Your yeah. uh, Comics Gate episodes. Like, yeah. You, 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 went, you didn't name drop me, but all the other times you've ever mentioned me on your show, you didn't hesitate to name drop me, I know, so right? I just could not stop laughing at you. <laughs> I, thank you. I, I appreciate you found humor in my discomfort because, like, that, that whole thing was the thing, like, I did not know how I wanted to approach it. Uh, and yeah, you, you, You've given me new material. 
I love it. That's that's <laughs> great. Well, because like and and you know, you and I talked about this on uh, Twitter pretty extensively. Is that you know, I, I think maybe the thing that I didn't necessarily uh, make clear is that I think what what I was kind of upset about, and the only reason why I wanted to take to the airwaves is because I like I was surprised. Right. I was like, whoa. Where whereas I I don't believe that any of those. Uh, contrarian opinions have any influence on anybody's friendships or anything's like that. And oh, I, well, yeah, well, yeah, go when ahead. I, when I was making that comment, you, you were talking about you were possibly losing friends over it. Oh yeah, that, that's what I was making reference to. You know, and and actually, you know, this is kind of like a you know side tangent um, a little bit. But one thing that I even even doing a second episode about it, I I did neglect to mention this i think what i was in my mind what i was referring to when i was thinking of losing friends is that i think that like um some of my other acquaintances uh you know folks that follow me on social media that are even far more extreme on the left thinking like oh well yeah he's he's not hardliner enough you know it's like you know just you know disavow and all that whereas that wasn't necessarily my approach my approach was like well i don't necessarily agree with um a lot of this and i'm kind of surprised and yeah it's but yeah and and you see a lot of this with outrage culture is like you know if you're not radical enough in your in your You're an all right neo nazi exactly and and i i think that was another one of the points that you know i i think i kind of sort of made it's interesting to kind of keep coherent thoughts when you're recording in the middle of the night and i listen back you know as i as i'm editing i'm like well i i think i kind of tried to say what i was trying to say but um uh but yeah no it's it it, it was an interesting experience because i don't I tend to not really kind of get into provocative material. It's just, it's just not. Yeah, you you leave that to me and Dave, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and not to put too fine a point on it, but you're absolutely right. It's like you know, and you guys can make those those uh, provocative statements. Yeah, it's and not I, our show. And I can sit here and snicker, and I'll be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. you know, and and oftentimes agreeing with where you guys are coming from. But I think I think sometimes I don't. I, I'm afraid to take that that firmer stance. Um. So anyway, that so that so that's kind of well, where that's well, that you at. You run the risk of. Cutting half your audience. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and that's there, there's a fine line, and it's kind of murky. It, it's it's incredibly murky, and from the feedback that I've gotten, apparently, I I must have hit it in in a certain way because uh, you know, like I had mentioned uh, during uh, during that last episode, it's like I haven't I haven't gotten this depth of feedback about anything I've done in a really long time. So something about whatever I said must not, not, not even your uh, last Jedi review. Nah, huh? Nah. And, and that was, and that was, that one's super divisive. Oh, absolutely. And it's, and yeah, it's, I wonder if uh, if it's one of those things where I don't know maybe maybe there's like um, a James Gunning to be had where like you know somebody would like listen to like my last couple episodes um, and then go back and listen to some of those other ones and be like oh wait a minute because yeah it's like I it's uh, 
And, you know, it's and I don't even know how to unpack this here. It almost feels like a totally different show is like my, uh, you know, my my stance and beliefs and thoughts and and all that other stuff are, are really murky. Whereas and I and I think that comes across in some of the material that I do, because, you know, I I. I don't necessarily take that, you know, firmly left stance, or I don't take a firmly right stance. I mean, I, I think like the closest that I've come is when my buddy Aaron called me out for being libertarian at, at, at times, and and that's probably more apt than I would like to be comfortable with at times. But um, but yeah, no, I just I I don't really wear my politics on my sleeve because my politics, like my views on a lot of other things, are just kind of like all over the road. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's kind of interesting because that, that kind of goes against what the fabric of being kind of like a talk show host type of personality to begin with is like, you know, you're, we're taught that, you know, uh, stand for something and then be resolute in that, in that viewpoint and don't waver. Whereas that's all I do is waver. I'm very wishy-washy, and I kind of like go all over the place, and it's it's really kind of contingent on the material. You sound like uh, Boogie. Like what? Like Boogie. What's that? Oh, you don't YouTube. Never mind. No. Well, and that's a whole other thing, too, because, yeah, there, there is a whole swath of like personalities that I just have zero awareness of. and You would probably like Boogie. Yeah? Okay. Because I mean, it, it's interesting because like there there are um, uh, some folks that you've turned me on to that like I can I can hang with up to a point, and then there's other folks that I just I I can't like like I'll I'll watch your Twitter feed sometimes like I forget I forget what the latest one that you uh, uh, tweeted out was from uh, Razor Fist uh, Rageaholic and. Um. Oh gosh, I don't even remember what I, I. I don't remember what it was, but it was. Uh, it was something where like he's very um articulate and oh, yeah. and passionate and he's all a that. walking uh, Fasaris, pretty much. Sure, and and I admire that from a perspective, but the material is it, it's it's almost too uh caustic and inflammatory. For my liking, right. um, I get. I mean, he's good at what he does, so I, I'm I'm not going to be critical on that angle. It's it's just a little too much for me. Um, and Fair it, enough. And it kind of threw me off because, like, I've um, I I've heard or seen him on other people's shows and stuff. You know, where in fact, maybe it, probably some of the material you've sent me, like with regards to Last Jedi and maybe like some of the other stuff, where it's like. You know, there's there's some of this that 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 I can get down with, uh, but yeah, just um, different tastes. You know, uh, uh, different strokes for uh, different folks. But no, yeah, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't begrudge you for that. So um, I, you know, almost immediately we kind of uh, got off track. Um, uh, but I I remember though we it, it was oh gosh what was it there was something about what we were tweeting about with regards to uh, my comics gate episode and oh, you had your, uh, your follow-up one. you were talking about, uh-huh. you were doing some story. Uh, I don't even remember word for word, yeah. but it had to do with like uh, representation, inclusion, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And I had a, my own input on that and I thought I would save it because it ties into the movie we're talking about Godzilla. Right. King it, of the monsters, the new one. Yeah. Cause uh, when I was growing up and it, in the Godzilla, this would have been—I don't even remember what year I 
discovered Godzilla was a thing. It might have been very, either very late 80s or very early 90s. Uh-huh. Because at least stateside, the, only, the most recent Godzilla movie you could see is Godzilla 1985. Okay. Like uh, Godzilla vs. Biolanti... Like it was out in Japan, but it hadn't been released in the United States in any in any way, whether it be theatrical or home release. So, so basically, the only um, American actors in those movies would be Raymond Burr. Okay, like in the uh, Americanized versions of the original and the the nineteen eighty four reboot. But gotcha. it's like not just Godzilla, but uh, also a lot of other material I grew up with, like. Uh, Thundercats, Mortal Kombat, Ninja yeah, Turtles, yeah. and basically anything related to dinosaurs. <laughs> Dino Riders. It, it, it's just basically like all the stuff I enjoyed as a kid. Yeah. Either I didn't have, there was no representation for me, or the characters I resonated with had nothing to do with uh, race at all. Like okay. like Ninja Turtles and Thundercats. Yeah. Like sure, there's white people in Ninja Turtles, but they're they're slime balls. Like Vern or... Yeah. You know, it was the turtles that I, I cared about. But with Godzilla, obviously, like, it was just the Toho movies, the Japanese movies. Mm-hmm. And it just never occurred to me. Like, or I ne- Watching them, it never ca- came across to my mind. Like, none of these people look like me. So, so when people are obsessed over it, over uh, I need to be represented in a material, it, yeah. it, it's odd to me. Mm-hmm. Now, you could write... One could write it off as, you're fucking a white male. But it's like, <laughs> I, it se- to me, it seems like you're limiting yourself if that's what you're focusing on is, do you feel represented in this particular medium or this franchise? Yeah. And and I, and I see where you're coming from um, because that, that kind of flies in the face of some of the other conversations that are had with uh, with regards to diversity and inclusion and and i'm not saying the, oh go the, ahead i'm not saying the opposite end is wrong or whatever right. it's just it's just my input on it yeah it, well it it just it, it it makes me think of things from from a, a different angle than maybe the way i've uh, uh presented them uh previously in that i uh, i i i am an advocate for a representation that's there you know what I mean? If like if like a character is created with, you know, like certain, you know, ethnicity or gender identity or something like that, that's great. Because, um, you know, I've talked about some of that with regards to some of my thoughts on uh, contemporary Transformers and and things like that. Uh, don't want to necessarily unpack that right this minute. But I, I think where where your point gets me to think is that. um at what point does uh, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with an analogy of like you know does the tail wag the dog that kind of thing yeah. you know it's like what what begets what so like on on one hand I I I'm excited to see you know uh, uh, diverse characters on the other hand um, diversity for the sake of uh, just diversity. Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, uh, but, but I, I, I take your point with, with regards to, um, Godzilla is that, you know, it's, it's, 
it's creatures, it's monsters. And I, I think in, um, you know, kind of like in contemporary fiction, maybe we've gotten away from that. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like, whether it be comics or video games, movies mm-hmm. in general, that... And this is kind of where a lot of us comic skaters are coming from is that mm-hmm. it's diversity for diversity's sake. Like we don't have a problem with diversity. We just want it to feel natural. Like it's like it's not there for its own sake. Yeah. Like uh well, I'm more into movies, so I'm gonna use a movie example. Sure. Uh, Predator one and two. Okay. Very diverse cast. Mm-hmm. And it in both movies it it didn't feel like it was ham fisted. Like they they were they were there because because of uh well, like Predator 2 being set in L.A., yeah. it, it makes perfect sense to have a multiracial cast. Absolutely. Whereas, say, uh, if it was set in feudal Japan, it wouldn't make sense to you know have a Native American in there. Right. Okay. Okay. But I, it, I, I could see that. Sure. But it, it's whatever. Gotcha. So, um, you know what? I, I guess... I guess that's as good a point because, like, like you had uh, um, lost my train of thought um, as I as I was looking for something here. Um, uh, I learned to multitask. Yeah, no kidding. Or or have my prep done beforehand. I what what I was looking for is I was looking for uh, the uh, the tweet that you had put out shortly after you had seen uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Oh, I can tell you what it was right now without even looking. Oh. And just in time for me to find it. Go ahead. It was everything that I wanted as a Godzilla fan. And I then I tweeted at you directly. Right. It's better than in-game in John Wick 3, and I stand by that statement. And it's all caps, too. You're, you're, and lots of exclamation points. You're, uh, uh, yeah, this, you're, was, this was fresh after I saw it the first time, because I did go back and see it again to have it fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, that that movie definitely got me excited. Of the uh, I've only seen four movies this year, admittedly. Okay. But of the four, it's my favorite this year. Wow. Wow. So so you're, I mean, you know, and, and one of the things that, that we'll kind of unpack as we go is that, you know, I I like Godzilla, you know, as 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 a concept, and I like monster movies, um, but I, I'm not the dyed-in-the-wool fan. So, like, there's, um, you know, there's stuff that just sails over my head and a lot of stuff that that. that you know, might not necessarily resonate. Um, and for me, I, uh, I, I like the movie. It's, it's fine. Um, but I, it didn't, it, it was kind of weird because like I had, I had seen that tweet that you had sent me. Um, I don't know, probably like a good week before, uh, before I, uh, before my schedule cleared up to be able to, uh, make it out to the theater to see it. And I think maybe that kind of colored my expectations a little bit because as I'm sitting there watching the movie, I just, I kept, I kept waiting for the movie to start. <laughs> and it's like, is, is this movie going to start? And um, I, I, I will say, I mean, I guess my scorchingest, hottest take is, um, you know, and we're going to go full spoilers here. Uh, but I, I want to say like the, the end and the monster fight is probably like, you know, some of the best monster fights I've seen. Uh, so the parts that are great are really great, but then you have over two hours of everything else. Um, I, I, so I'm not, I'm not going to be so 
divisive is to say, you know, because like we were talking about this, this isn't going to be our a repeat of Fallen Kingdom. Exactly. Because, yeah, we, we were we were discussing in pre-show a little bit. It's kind of like, well, how's this going to be? It's like, you know, are we on the same page? Are we divisive? And and the best uh, allegory uh, and example I could give was like, you know, how we kind of felt about uh, Death Wish. Right. Um, though, even now that I tumble that over in my head, that's not entirely accurate because I dislike Death Wish. I don't dislike well, this, but I'm probably not going to watch it again. Okay, but so. uh, I just want to ask this just to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Death Wish, we, we boiled it down that you didn't like it because old man Willis. Yeah, yeah, it's Bruce Willis. He, he's greedy and lazy. <laughs> he's old. So yeah. <laughs> Godzilla turned 65 this year. Ah, okay. So is it that you hate this movie because Godzilla is old? Are you ageist? <laughs> Yes, I, uh, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. I love it. Oh, got me. <laughs> Got to have a drop in there where it's like, got him. <laughs> it's like, on tape. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's funny. I'm still chuckling so much. I haven't uh, I haven't recovered from that. Uh, but you know, one of the the other things that we were we were discussing as well is okay. So this is the third film technically and kind of like the the in the i think they're called the monsterverse yeah you gotta get a better name that's that's not good (laughs) but but yeah i mean so you know coming off the heels of godzilla 2014 and then a you know prequel if you will in the form of kong skull island which you know we we both really really liked yeah uh that uh that 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 movie was a great fun and and i guess Talking about expectations a bit, you know, before we get into the plot and some of the, you know, some of the the things for us to disagree about and discuss is that I think maybe I kind of sort of had that expectation also because I enjoyed Kong so much. And I think I was kind of hoping for some of that energy a little bit. And I didn't I didn't necessarily get what I was looking for. Uh, It probably it probably didn't help that each of these three movies have different directors. Yes. Yeah, and their consistency of tone is not a thing in uh, in the uh monster verse. Um and to be fair, that's same thing could be said about the Toho Godzilla movies. Like consi- right. the tone is not consistent. Yeah, that, and and I I imagine that that's not the first time that that's going to come up because like I've heard I I've heard conflicting reports about how um, how much this is or is not a love letter to Toho. And- I, I would suspect it depends on how you feel about Godzilla himself or in that franchise. Because I eat up, or I, I fully acknowledge that most of the Godzilla movies are pretty bad, like Friday the 13th bad. Yeah. But that's part, kind of part of the enjoyment of a lot of those movies is right. they're so bad, but they're fun. Mm-hmm. And that basically how i feel about this movie is that it's not perfect i mean it's better than a good chunk of the toho movies right but it's fun i had fun and i and okay. i and i ate i totally ate up the uh references awesome like with the uh the soundtrack in particular yeah going into it i did not know that they were bringing in uh classic themes mm-hmm. so when they like when uh actually you know i got one of them queued up oh cool Uh, this is when Godzilla gets nuked. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, where is it? 
Oh, right yeah, there, when, yeah. that, when that hit, I was like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> And he's like, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that and that and Mafra's theme was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the score in this movie is incredible, and you know, even even for a normie, a civilian, you know, somebody that's not indoctrinated in Toho lore, I, for at least my ear, I could recognize it. You know, even the, like, if I don't recognize the specific cue, I can, I can appreciate that it's a reference to something. It's like, oh, this is a thing, you know, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the arrangement and, and composition was, was great. It really great score. I, I, I would oh, yeah. definitely say yeah. that as a high point. Another favorite of mine yeah. with the soundtrack at least yeah. is when uh, Rodan is, chasing down all the planes and taking them out one by one. Uh-huh. Like the, the the music along with that was just like, Mwah, just perfect. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so yeah, I mean, I guess uh oh gosh, where do we want to go with that? Uh, do it so um one w- one of my my biggest issues uh is uh I just happened to be looking at the Wikipedia for some of this info, but uh the runtime it's two hours and twelve minutes. This is a long ass movie, and yeah, I think it. I've, I'm almost positive it's the longest Godzilla movie. Right, and didn't you say that like prior to that, Godzilla 2014 was the? I'm pretty sure. I'm not. I'm not. I don't remember how long Shin Godzilla was, but I'm okay. almost positive uh, before King of the Monsters here, 2014 was the longest. Which, incidentally, and, and now that you bring it up, is kind of like a side tangent. I went to go find Shin Godzilla, and I can't find it on any of the uh, uh, streaming platforms I have. So I, I'm, well, st- I'm well, still... Well, streaming platforms don't carry Godzilla to begin with. Exactly. That's part of why I was like, man, fuck Netflix. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I, I got to figure it out. Maybe like... Uh, order a DVD or a Blu-ray or something from, uh, from Amazon. Um, and it was kind of interesting, uh, you know, tangents within, uh, tangents is like when, um, oh gosh, maybe it was at that, at that point when you had tweeted about, you know, comparing, uh, uh Godzilla saying it was better than the end game and John wick three. I was like, Oh, Hey, you know what? I, uh, I, I saw John Wick 3. Maybe uh, maybe we do a show about that, but my schedule's been jammed up and I just haven't had time. So what I, what I was thinking in my mental gymnastics before I realized none of that was going to work is like, okay, well, I haven't seen King of the Monsters yet, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go watch me a Shin Godzilla so that when... Um, when I talk to Killing Spree next, I will have been caught up and we're going on three years of you trying to get me to watch this movie. And I just, just can't quite seem to do it. And I just, I just need to do it. Uh, because I, I, again, I, and I, I talked to a buddy of mine at work who is, you know, uh, somewhat of a Godzilla fan as well. And he told me as well, he's like, no, dude, you, you need to take the time, go watch it. It's, it's yeah, great. Shin Godzilla is like, Nipping at the heels of the original, like it, wow. like in quality. Wow. 
Interesting. So, um, so yeah. So the 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 runtime uh, was kind of a thing, but I I wanted to talk about the financials a little bit because like the, this was this was like one of the first things that we were unpacking uh, when we were doing a, a pre show discussion. Um, so has a has a production budget of uh, anywhere between one hundred and seventy and two hundred million, um, and actually where was I? Uh, one hundred and seventy million according to Box Office Mojo. And as of uh, this recording, a uh, total uh, global uh, box office is three hundred and thirty nine and a half million. So as you pointed out to me, it's made back as money. Yeah, but the production budget, admittedly, it doesn't include uh, advertising. Sure. So who knows? Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff is just a shell game anyway. You know, of just like what numbers they want to show, and you know, um, but but the thing that um, that's worth noting is that uh, as of this recording, domestic gross is ninety three million, um, almost ninety four, uh, so still under a hundred million in you know almost a month of release. And, you know, a lot of the conversation is like, well, is this a flop? Is it is it a disaster, you know, as as it were? Well, and that's kind of where the whole the metric of what counts as a flop kind of needs to be reevaluated because Hollywood movies aren't just for the United States anymore. Right. Because, I mean, this movie made most of its money in China. Yeah, it was what a hundred and ten million uh, so far, I Something believe. Like that. Um, uh, so yeah, so it, it's yeah, hundred and ten done done better in China, and we're we're seeing that a lot with a lot of these. Well, quite frankly, big dumb monster movies. You know, it's like that's that's how we got five of them Transformer movies before before enough people said, you know what, enough, <laughs> stop it. Well, clearly not enough because Bumblebee came out, right? That's true. Or is that, or is that the fifth? Um, it's, well, it's technically the sixth. It's, okay. you know, depend. oh, it's, it's a bigger topic because it's one of those things where it's, is it like X-Men where the continuity is all kinds of fucked up? Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing it's, uh, okay. So real quick, when the movie first came out, it, it could, it could be a take it or leave it reboot. Meaning like if you wanted to interpret it as a reboot. You could. If you wanted to interpret it as a prequel, you could. Because, like, there's some stuff that lines up, but other stuff that doesn't. Um, but then one of the producers came out and said, nope, absolutely not. This is a prequel. It is not a reboot. Um, flash forward to six months later, uh, Paramount, the uh, studio, comes out and says, yeah, man, this is totally a reboot. Um, so who do you want to believe? Exactly. Well, and and the studio came out long after its theatrical run, maybe about the time it came out on on home video. So clearly they're they're looking at building a franchise going forward with Bumblebee as kind of like the base rather than the previous five Michael Bay movies as as a base. Um, whether that's that's a good move or not, uh, time will tell. Um, because I, as I read it as like a pretty good solo movie type of thing, I don't know if it's necessarily the, the strongest of foundations for a rebooted continuity. Right. So 
I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, to put my uh, uh, scalding hot take here now, if any of my uh, Transformers fans are listening, I'd say wipe the slate clean and do like an actual reboot. Um, you know, it would include throughout the Bumblebee stuff. It's it's a fun movie, but I don't know if it's a strong enough foundation. And redesign them so you can actually tell who's who. Yeah, well, and that and that was one of the biggest strengths in Bumblebee is like you know that he's he's a yellow car. The bad guy is a blue. He's jet. actually a slug bug this time. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and and the character design is pretty good, and and that's the thing. It doesn't fit with the aesthetic of the previous five movies. So it, so it's, it's a little disjointed. The, uh, the character designs were really very good and very distinctive and very colorful. Like, you know, this guy's a white ambulance. This guy's a red truck. This guy's a red plane. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, it was, it was very distinctive uh, instead of, um, you know, just a, a gray metal just clang banging against each other. Uh, Segwaying back to Godzilla, I got a question. Thank you. I was going to say, I got to figure out how to get back to Godzilla I saw this comparison made, and since you're a Transformers guy, Mm -hmm. I want to know your take on it. Would you say Rodan is the Starscream of King of the Monsters? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Most definitely. In a way that I hadn't even really thought of, but I... I like that comparison. It's it's yeah. It's 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 very appropriate. Because I mean, because Rodan's kind of like uh, you know, kind of conniving, a little scheming, and yeah, and he's he's. I guess we're going in the story. He's sure he's acknowledged Ghidorah as the alpha. Yeah. So he's fighting alongside Ghidorah, uh-huh. and at the end of the movie, after Godzilla kills him or Ghidorah, yeah, and all the other monsters are surrounding uh, yeah. Godzilla. Rodan's kind of looking up at him uh, and Godzilla just kind of has this pissed off look at him. Yeah. And Rodan just kind of like, oh shit, and, bow- <laughs> and bows. I did kind of like that. That that was that was a pretty cool sequence. But yeah, no, that that's what it is. So so yeah, Rodan, like Starscream, is an opportunist for sure. And because, you know, but I bet you if there is a chance to where Rodan could stab Godzilla in the back and try to usurp power for himself, he'll probably do it. So, I mean, I mean, if he's, if he's really going full Starscream there. Yeah, he, he tried to fight King Ghidorah, but yeah. Ghidorah it, whooped his ass. Yeah, that, did, that didn't last very long. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's go through this plot uh, such as it is. And, and actually, I, that's the twice, twice now I've said such as it is, but that, that's actually my biggest criticism of this movie is that it just has too much plot. In that, like, there's there's too much story, there's too much mythology, and I and and again, just kind of comparing it to say Kong, I felt like Kong just kind of got to like the monster fighting relatively quick. Whereas again, it's like I don't know for something that's that's a sequel, um, and and the third in a series, depending upon how you want to do it chronologically. I was kind of disappointed in how much setup was involved uh, before before we actually got somewhere. Just that's just me. That's not um, uncommon for these Godzilla movies to have a lot of setup. Yeah, th- to lead to the monster. So a lot of my uh, my evaluation of this movie that's my metric is how is it compared to other Godzilla movies? Like I, I'm not judging it 
as a movie by itself. Oh, okay. And, and that's fair. And I, I think that's that's good for the discussion because I kind of, I, I don't necessarily have that level of experience to be able to use that comparison. Um, but, and, and you remind me of something that, of, of a thread that I dropped earlier when I, when I was bitching about the runtime. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but most classic Godzilla movies, I mean, we're talking what, like 90 minutes? That's maybe on the high end. That's the average. Okay. And I think I would have felt a whole lot different about this if if you knocked out 40 minutes of this movie. Um, honestly, I kind of wanted more. Okay. But it was from the monster stuff. Like uh, when Ghidorah and Rodan show up to Washington, D.C. We go straight there and the fighting's already going on. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen more of Rodan's arrival. Or, yeah. And Ghidorah's arrival and the storm that Rodan or Ghidorah creates. Yeah. And seeing it destroy Washington. I I agree with you. And it's I, like, yeah, give me more of that and less of these these lame human characters that I just I do not care about. I I I won't say they're great, but I found them serviceable. Yeah. It, but in that in that they're they're moving the plot along to get us to the next monster fight. Or the next set monster set piece, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of old Toho movies. Is we're moving things along, or we're there to move things along. Like one of the criticisms I had, or I've seen, is uh, the uh, the eco terrorists. Like they had a really weak motivation. Yeah, <laughs> I can think of a lot worse that came out of Toho. Okay, it was like a Godzilla versus the sea monster. There was a terrorist organization and <laughs> no motivation at all. Like, why are they doing what they do? I don't know. Fuck Be- it. Because terrorism, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, okay, and and I I get that, and I guess you you bring up a really good point of uh, a, a point of contention is that like I guess in a sense, first of all, with like I mean this uh, this movie has a decent pedigree of good actors in it, and nobody is good here, so it, so I find it interesting. I, don't know, I thought Ken Wat- Watanabe did a good job. Or in this yeah, movie, at least. He, well, he does a good job of being Ken Watanabe. You know, I mean, he's... he's. I mean, I, I don't want to say he's entirely one note, but, um, you know, I mean, and he does have some poignancy. And, you know what, I, I guess you're right. I, I guess I, I don't I don't have as much issue with his performance. Um, the and, and maybe this is just a general issue. I, I sometimes struggle with his accent. I, I think sometimes it's a... It's, it's a, it's a, it's a bit thick for okay. uh for my ear. Um but but again, I mean like, you know, he he does definitely have some poignancy, but I what I was going to say is that um yeah, th- this movie accomplishes something in that it takes uh character actors that that I typically like and uh gives them material to where like again, nobody finds a way to elevate the material and it's it was uh, it was kind of frustrating, but the, but the thing I wanted to ask you uh, on that tip is, um, I guess if it was something where the bad acting is kind of like an homage to classic Godzilla movies, I think I would have gone with it. So like with with uh, uh, the eco terrorists, if they had I I don't know even even thinner motivation. And to where you you as the audience know that it's like everything is just paper thin here, and the human characters are just supposed to uh, you mean get like us ra- like rampage exactly. And 
that's that's a brilliant example of that because I was far more accepting of that because I think somewhere along the way the movie told me that that's what this movie is. Whereas I feel like with Godzilla King of the Monsters, it's kind of trying to have it both ways. It's trying to like capital S say something I, a th- lot. And- I didn't catch the say something stuff. It, to me, it, just, it was, uh, well, if, if they were trying to say something, I don't think they would have had the... the uh, the uh, environment stuff tied to the terrorist, the bad guys thing, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, and and for me, it just it made it very unclear. Like there, there were often times where I couldn't understand characters' motivations. I couldn't understand the decisions they were making. And but it was unlike, say, Rampage, where I I couldn't turn that part of my reasoning, movie-going brain to the off position. It's like it stayed on because I felt like just that that like it was trying to be earnest and serious, whereas, you know, like uh, Rampage or the Meg or something like that, where it's like, you know, we're doing creature feature having fun. One of the things that I had said was like, you know, that um, I was thinking that the movie is going to be um, dumb, but fun. I don't know if I had as much fun with this because because of the. The, the 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 squirrely plot story stuff, but well, I, I would just say it's a difference of expectations or, uh-huh. or experience with Godzilla because I got the whole dumb but fun experience out of it. Okay, because for me personally, this movie felt like a an homage to the Showa era, particularly the. I should probably explain because you don't know what that is. I I have yeah. Well, the, it, the Godzilla movies or the Toho ones, they're split up into uh, eras. Okay. And the first two re- refer- are reference to their the Japanese emperors at the time. You had the the Showa era that was uh, 1954 to 75, and then you had the Heisei era that was uh, 84 to 95, I believe. Wow. Then you had the Millennium era that was uh, 99, I think that's when Godzilla 2000 came out in Japan to 2004, and we're we're in the they they refer to the current era, and that's only Shin Godzilla and the anime that came out. Wow! So, but yeah, so this movie felt like a a love letter to the the later era of the Showa uh, series, like sixties and seventies, where it's just we're having fun watching monsters fight and break shit. Yeah. See, and 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 I can see that, and I guess again, I and. Maybe I'm already beating the dead horse way too early in in the discussion, but yeah, I just, I guess I just needed more of that. Um, and I think I think the example you brought up of yeah, I would have loved to have seen the fall of Washington D.C. more than like coming in later. It's like oh, it's already the post-apocalypse. Uh, I bet you that sequence was really cool that we didn't get to see. I don't know. It's it's yeah. Well, the 2014 kind of set that standard for this series so it's it is what it is to me yeah okay okay that's that, that's fair so um so yeah so where where do we want to go from here we what do we want to start at the because i i know we've been all over the road uh so far uh but do we do we even feel the need to to kind of go blow by blow from like like the beginning of the story to i guess not to, necessarily uh, i don't know your show how do you want to do it <laughs> we're, figuring, we're figuring this shit out as we go. God I love damn it. it. I love it. That's 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 the way we do it. So, um, I, 
I, I guess I don't know. I, I just I, I feel like I've said a lot of the, the stuff that I kind of wanted to say already without kind of needing the plot right. uh, to do it. Because, like, I mean, again, I just I I didn't really buy any of the uh, performances from the human characters. I thought I thought um, Kyle Chandler is especially bad in this. And and, you know, his uh, his performance is like one of the greatest TV dads ever on uh, on Friday Night Lights is as uh, Coach Taylor. Um, yeah, it's just like I don't I again, I don't understand what this dude's motivation is. It's like, oh, we need to kill the Godzilla. Oh, now we need to save the Godzilla. And it's just like. It's like it's like pick a lane, dude. <laughs> and well, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. It's like you can't defeat Ghidorah without Godzilla. So it's right. like we have to save him. Yeah, and, and again, I just I just feel like everybody makes terrible decisions. Um, well, if everybody made good decisions, then you wouldn't have the disaster. <laughs> well, well, and that's true. And then. And then on that side, and this is where it just becomes a, a downward spiral of circular dis, uh, discussion. I was just going to say, then just give me the disaster. Um, and I just uh, and uh, so so one one thing in particular, one example I wanted to call out uh, before uh, you know before we move on to other stuff is so so remember when uh, uh, Vera Farmiga's her her uh, her uh, Thanos character shows up and she's like. Because oh, I want to bring balance and does like this like Skype call, uh, uh, PowerPoint uh, conference call meeting thing. Uh, yeah, the thing that really just this, this, this almost made me tumble out of my seat. I got I got so uh, <laughs> I got so uh, frustrated, irritated, whatever. It's like so she's doing this narration of like this, uh, you know, what her plan is, and then interspersed with that is like uh, photos. And videos and all of that. So, so you're telling me that she, uh, not you, the movie, uh, the the movie is telling me that not only has she figured out how to hack their communications, but she has also gotten them to join like a go to meeting, uh, kind of like Cisco's suite or something like that, where they can all see. Uh, PowerPoint presentation materials that that she's presenting. I'm just like this. You is... can do that on uh, Google Hangout. Exactly. Yeah. No. And and you're and, and she's, you're and right. She works for, and she works for Monarch, so I wouldn't <laughs> expect her to not know how to use their communication system. <sighs> yeah. I just I don't know. I guess I just need somebody to click an icon that says Enter Hangouts or something because. Because the way it's presented is that she like hacks right in, and it's not necessarily. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me well, let me drag a, it, this it, it over. Wasn't, it wasn't a hack. It was, it was uh, so dumb. It wasn't a hack. It was uh, they were they received a call from her. Like she was calling them. Oh, okay. See, and you've seen the movie more recently than I have. I guess the way I remembered it is that like they're all turned away, and they're like looking at some maps or something, and then like she just turns on. No, no. It was like we're receiving a call. It's like. Uh, put put, her, put it on. That's right. Okay. Very good. Yeah. The, the only, I guess, you want to call it hacking is that they were uh, hiding their signal. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they were trying to track it, and it's like, okay, we've nailed it to here. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's over here. And well, no, it was. Uh, it's way too weak. The signal is way too weak to be coming from the the location they think they're they're at. So it's like she could be at any of these other outposts. Right. Because they were they were on their way to 
the uh, outpost, and it's like, wait a sec, this this isn't lining up in in their in their freaking uh, um, shield helicarrier that they had. I mean, it's like that that kind of stuff's been in the Godzilla movies. So, really? So yeah. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cybert Radio. Okay, so so where where I think like some of the 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 contention is coming from, and I think I think maybe now's a great time to ask this: is who is this movie for? Godzilla fans. Okay, it's for Godzilla fans. So would you say then? And I'm not trying to do like a weird entrapment thing, but like, would you say then that it's not necessarily for civilians then? Well. Not necessarily, because I mean, it does have a lot of references to the the, the old movies, and we can get into that later. But mm-hmm. but to me, none of it was well, not all. Of, well, some of it was like like the oxygen story. Like that one, that reference is like you probably should have seen the original to get that one. Okay, but uh, I I didn't get the impression that it didn't fe- it didn't feel like it was a movie that. You had to have seen the source material, like kind of like the uh, MCU movies. Uh huh. Like I could watch those and not. I haven't ever read a Marvel comic, so right. So I can I can get into the story without actually uh, knowing the the lore behind all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I I get. But it's definitely f- mainly for that core audience, or at least the, some of those Marvel movies I've seen. See, see, and that and that's so weird, and I I don't know how to reconcile this because you're you're right. And those movies are rotten with references, but it feels like they're presented in a way to where it's um, oftentimes like take it or leave it. Like uh, the the big primary difference to that is the way that DC handled their stuff. Like if you're if you don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of DC Comics characters and situations, you're gonna have no idea what half of the yeah, crap going on in yeah, Batman v Superman. You would have had to is. read whatever comic it was where Joker killed Robin to get the whole yeah ha 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 spray painted all over Robin's suit. Yeah, and and that's and that's just garbage. And I'm not and I'm not saying that that King of the Monsters is doing that. Um, so I'm not trying to say that, but but it's it's getting me to think of just again. It's like I don't. I don't know if this movie, as somebody that just enjoys sci-fi movies, action movies, summer popcorn movies, is this movie for me? Uh, because I I had a wholly uh, different experience than you had. You loved it, and I, I'm kind of lukewarm. Yeah, I would definitely say this movie has, is, uh, has Godzilla fans in mind, particularly. Okay, And I wonder if that's... If that's a good thing or not, I I say it's good because it's there's nothing yeah. wrong with having movies that are for with the audience in mind. Because if you're going for a general thing, then you're you're you run the risk of losing your core audience, like yeah. uh, like the Ghost in the Shell movie with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. While I enjoyed that movie, it, it definitely seemed to have had casual audience more more in mind than. Uh, core ghost in the shell fans right so it went too far the other direction to to cater to a more casual audience right see and and that's you know we brought up the perspective of uh bumblebee earlier and i feel like that one 
is it it's also pretty steeped in a lot of like, you know, I, I did like a, you know, two hour podcast similar to this one where we spent the majority of the time not even necessarily reviewing the movie because like it was kind of like implied where we were at. But we just spent most of the time discussing like all the Easter eggs. And it's like, oh, and th- this is, you know, this is directly from that intro from the cartoon. This line is taken from this comic book. I mean, it's like it was just rotten with material uh, for Uh, you know, Transformers nerds, but I also felt that it hit the, the right chord in some way for it to click with casual audiences. Um, And I don't, I don't know if I can get to the bottom of uh, figuring out why that didn't necessarily happen here with, um, with Godzilla King of the Monsters, because I would also say that Kong kind of did that. I mean, it's like I, I don't have it in front of me, but that I remember that being pretty successful and pretty surprising, and a lot of people like that movie. Whereas I'm not, I don't know if I'm hearing that same clamoring for Godzilla King of the Monsters, unfortunately. Uh, I don't. Based on a lot of user reviews, it's done well. Yeah. All right. It it it's definitely got its fan base because uh, what was it? Mm. Not that it's a trustworthy site because <laughs> it, it killed all its credibility after uh, the Captain Shoehorn fiasco, but uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. it's got an audience score of 84%. Interesting. And like I was looking on IMDb earlier and it's like at 6.6, and I think that's all user ratings. Um, and yeah that's that's interesting so i i so I guess the takeaway here is is that the people that like it like it and yeah it's definitely a it's definitely one of those movies you you really yeah have, there's not there's not necessarily a middle ground right yeah and that's and that and that and that kind of brings up a broader question. Uh, for going forward, because, I mean, again, we kind of talked about, you know, maybe the perception of, you know, financial success or not. Uh, but this movie has a sequel that's already done. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. It's in. It's definitely done with principal photography. I'm not sure how far into the post-production they are. Yeah. I, and it's going to it's slated for next year. Right. So, I mean, this movie is going to happen whether the market demanded it or not. And. And that's also kind of like a weird thing. You know, it's like one of the other things we were kind of discussing um, in pre-show a bit is that it almost feels to me like how uh, the DCEU started. You know, it's where like we're going to have like a couple movies in the pipeline and, oh, we we may have a turd on our hands. Do we need to do course correction? And I don't know. I... I, I uh, I, I'm a strange advocate for let the movie just be the movie. I I don't like Batman v Superman Dawn of the R-rated Justice Carnival. Um, I, I hate that movie dead, but I also think that the movies that that came in its wake, like, you know, look look what happened to that that poor Justice League movie. I mean, it was predetermined to be terrible, but it was made all the more terrible by studio in- interference. Maybe there's a there's a world where Suicide Squad might have been a more okay movie if not from the studio interference and and course oh. correction. I don't I don't know and we'll never know because yeah, it was just you well, know, I, well it would 
Godzilla versus Kong, I don't, I've never heard anything about studio interference. So, it, so who knows? I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, and, and that, and that's kind of where where that that point kind of petered out a little bit because I I think I think that's what it is. It's like you just you put the movie out and you know you take your chances. Um, I guess is maybe where I was going with that, but um, the thing that that also kind of kind of got me in a twist a little bit, and this is kind of silly, but um, I I don't remember the last time I ran into a movie with so much uh, gratuitous sequel setup. To the point where it felt desperate sometimes. They're like, hey man, there's stuff going on on Skull Island also. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Skull Island. That was all at the end. Well, I mean, but there there was references earlier in the movie too. Well, they they referenced Kong, but... Yeah. They're like, oh, but it it wasn't... That wasn't sequel setup. Like, all the stuff you're talking about, that was like after Godzilla killed Ghidorah. Yeah, and it's all like the newspaper clippings and and all of that other stuff. But it 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 felt very desperate to me. It's like, please watch our movie. It, it's like, no, really, it's gonna be Godzilla versus Kong, and it's gonna be cool. Um, please please go see it next year. I don't know. That's yeah. that, that was that was just me being being shitty about it. But yeah, it just it just, and I think what it was is for. I, and like I told my buddy this at work, it's like my my ribs hurt from being elbowed so hard. It's like, hey man, you 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 know Godzilla's gonna fight that Kong on on the Skull Island. It's it's gonna happen. You know what else is gonna happen? Uh, uh, Godzilla is gonna go to Skull Island. And anyway, I've I've I've, I've beaten my point <laughs> too terribly much. But um, I don't know, man. I I figured at at this point. Um, I, I think I've been enough of a um, stinker about this. Um, uh, talk to me about what you liked about this movie and and what you know just uh, just what you loved about it because I, I know you loved it. Well, obviously the soundtrack, but mm-hmm. but uh, I really liked the the designs of the monsters and their behavior. Yeah, because they got the uh, dynamic of Godzilla and Mothra done really well mm-hmm. or at least when they're te- whenever they teamed up in the uh toho movies because sometimes they fought but right but th- they got mothra's whole protector self-sacrifice uh characteristics down to a t mm-hmm. and i but Ghidorah, i love the, the 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 idea of each head had its own personality i thought that was pretty cool yeah i, and, I agree with you that was awesome and i I would have liked more, a little more Rodan, and same with Mafra. Mafra should have had more screen time, but yeah, with the way they portrayed Rodan, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. Mm-hmm. So I, I could have gone with some setup for some other monsters, but that is what it is. Well, and the, and that reminds me because we we see other monsters. You know, it's like you got like this random like spider baby. You got like this this woolly mammoth monster. You got like some weird weird crab looking thing. But and I think the Assuming we were thinking the cra- same crab one, that might have been the a muto, another muto. Yeah, because that's what we need more mutos. <laughs> yeah, but but I I, I would have liked to set up for like Anguirus or I don't know how they would do it, but Gigan would be cool. But Gigan's a cyborg, so that might not be out of the cards. Well, you know, jumping all the way to the end with that uh, that post credit sequence, uh, which I I did not stay for. I found out online later. It's like maybe that's where we get into like some of the 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 cyborg monsters. 
Um, yeah, because at the end, uh, Jonah is back in Mexico or is down in Mexico, and yeah. he, he picks up or one of the fishermen down there. They got uh, a Ghidorah head that Godzilla severed when they were fighting in the Gulf. Right, or, or I think it was in the Gulf of Mexico earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that reminds me uh, when the, that whole sequence when they were just ch- when mm-hmm. Ghidorah. He just kicked Rodan's ass, and they were, yeah, he was chasing down Rodan, or not? He was chasing down the airplane, and this out of nowhere, Godzilla's like, "Gotcha, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's and, and and again, the the actual monster fights were really good. Um, you know, like like the part where uh, we we talked about this already. You know, where where Rodan is taking on you know all of the jet fighters and doing that spin move and taking them all out. Um, I thought that was really cool on the monster side, but on the human side, it's like your airplanes. You can you can you can turn. <laughs> you have maneuverability, but but and it's like, but. One one of my biggest laugh out loud chuckles. Th- this this actually like made me like actually laugh is like when the when the uh, pilot uh, goes oh, to yeah. punch out and and parachutes right into right into his mouth. I I love that. See, and I guess in a sense, and and I I'm sorry if I'm you know dragging us uh, too far uh, a different direction all over again. But it's like I think I needed to see more of that. I think I needed more like raw carnage. Like I mean I'm sure. Hundreds of millions of people are dying in this, but it's like, it's, I don't know if that is really portrayed well enough. It, it, to me, it was when Rodan yeah. was swooping down over the village and, and his, his aftershock or the, the that was cool. Caused, yeah. 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 Um, it, except for like those, those army guys that could like survive and hold a, a I mean, I, I didn't even realize that those folks lived until they showed up later in the movie. Um, Oh, uh, oh, when they're, uh, I don't even know what, what you call that helicopter plane thing was yeah, yeah. was flying back to the main ship or whatever. Right, right. Because like there was a sequence of time where like, I think it was like, you know, we're, we're hanging out with the monsters for a while. And I was like, are they, are they super dead? And then like the, the helicopter comes back later. I'm like, oh, they, they must've made it. <laughs> but, but that, that, but that reminds me, I would have, on Mothra's side, I would have liked yeah. to have seen more of what just her presence hurt affects yeah. the environment around her because those wings are super huge like mm-hmm. like no way they're not doing the same type of thing that rodan does right right and i again i i really like the character design oh um, yeah the, yeah the monsters look great and um w- one of the things and you know you you might be able to help me compare this to uh some of the other uh, uh movies like this is like i feel like between the 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 effects team, they really kind of captured the essence of like it's like a dude in a suit. I felt like whenever Godzilla oh. was on the scene, it felt like unlike say like you know something god awful like you know Godzilla ninety eight where it's you know it's a stupid CG lizard. This felt like what Godzilla should feel like, and uh, I really I, enjoyed that. I didn't catch the him his movements like a man in a suit. It seemed more like. He was moving like an animal, or like okay. Like, I don't know. I, I I must have missed it. Yeah, and maybe I was just looking for it too, because like I maybe I was too busy uh, chuckling at like some of like the the very Toho esque extreme zooms on like the the monsters' faces and stuff. I I loved all that. Oh yeah. See, even if I don't know the exact reference, I could at least pinpoint that it's like 
a reference. I'll be like, I think I remember that from from some random Godzilla movie I saw on a Saturday but, morning when I was a kid. But, but uh, speaking of references, uh, when yeah. when they named dropped the the oxygen destroyer, I yeah. let out an audible gasp. Okay, so yeah, so I I have no awareness of that other than what's in the movie. Could you could you uh, explain uh, the that? oxygen destroyer is the weapon that kills Godzilla in the original movie. Okay. So it was just like, again, I, I, I've read into very little of this movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of did it by design to keep myself surprised. Yeah, yeah, going cold, sure. So the fact that they were making such deep references, it was like, oh, this is, I am eating this up. <laughs> um, so, so with that, do you, do you want to go into like uh, some, of, some of the other uh, references oh, sure. and callbacks yeah, sure. and things like, like uh, that? Yeah, like... Uh, I didn't catch this the first time around, but uh, all the the uh, the monarch outposts, I guess all the numbers correspond with release dates of significant Godzilla movies. I I don't have the numbers offhand, sure. But, but also, uh, I can't remember the actress's mm. name, but they reveal her to be uh, a set of twins. Oh right, okay. Uh, Doctor Chen. But and that that's a direct reference to uh, the fairy twins that mm-hmm. always hang around Mafra in the Toho movies, but they did it totally different here. Yeah, and and that that kind of reminds me of of something. It's you know something I mentioned earlier. It's like if they're gonna do it, then like lean hard into it. And I I guess like because again I've I've seen a Mothra movie or two um, to where it's like I know there's generally you know twins that hang out, and I was like. Is this scientist lady supposed to be one of the twins? And if not, where's where's the other one? It it kind of felt like we're kind of doing it, but not really. Yeah, it it, it took me a second when I first saw it because uh, they didn't or they they cut back to uh, where Mafra was hanging out yeah. or in her cocoon, mm-hmm. and it was the same actress. And it's like, how did she get there? I don't. And how did she get back on the plane? And then they do the unveil of their twins. Like, oh, they're. Oh, another deep cut. Awesome. Oh, see, and and that's funny because like that that sailed completely over my head. I really thought we were just doing some like, you know, really hinky uh like like the screenwriters forgot where that character was or something like that or, you know, maybe she's got like some kind of like, infinity gauntlet and can can I, yeah. you know, <laughs> time, uh space stone time Yeah, and, and one something. of the uh one of the pictures that she was showing of her uh-huh. uh, I can't remember if it was supposed to be her grandmother or her uh-huh. mother, but on the label, it, it was labeled uh, Infant Island, or where the picture was taken. Yeah, okay. And that's uh, Mafra's home in the Toho movies. Yeah, and I like that that in that in that photo, it has kind of like that the the same kind of like color palette and kind of like uh, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but it looked like it looked like it would fit. Um, like it was taken back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like it would fit like in a in a Mothra movie or something like that. It kind of had again. It wasn't enough for me to like. Oh, that's a thing to be like. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. But kind of happening around that that same sequence. One one thing that uh you know I I didn't pick up on many Easter eggs, but one thing I did pick up on is when uh, uh Joe Morton shows up, um and I'm like, is that the same character from Kong? And I, you know, I, it yeah, did, I had to look it up and like, yeah, it's the same I had, dude. I had to look it up, but yeah, it's like, it didn't hold my hand enough because, you know, I, I don't remember character names, but, but it was like, um, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's, 
that that's kind of a cool way to do it to to tie it back in yeah. and at least that that character um you know is still around or whatever and something something else i like that they got mo- right about mafra was her spitting uh that cocoon webbing or when she was a yeah lava. Like yeah that, that that was her lava form attack in the uh old movies obviously but they they kept it for in her adult form and i thought that was really cool like, mm-hmm. like when she swoops in and just spits all that stuff at uh gidra's heads yeah and gidra or godzilla just pushes him through that building <laughs> yeah i mean and and again like you know the the effects and the fights were I, again we're I, i'm repeating myself we're, we're just really cool i'm thinking of like that thing where you know uh we're pushing through buildings and then just watching them collapse and stuff. I thought that was, I think that was pretty cool. And I guess now granted they had, okay, let me slow down a sec because this is one of those things where I can't have it both ways. I, I was very critical of like, say like uh, a man of steel for, you know, having like populated cities full of people and like, you know, we're we're doing superhero combat and causing 75 911s where like, you know, thousands and thousands of people are being killed. Now, in this uh Godzilla movie, these these cities are shown to be mostly uh evacuated. Well, Boston was, I'm not sure if DC was. But, but yeah, they made a point to say that Boston was evacuated. Yeah, they and- didn't evacuate the uh Mexican village in time, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, those people are super dead. And I guess, I mean, maybe I just needed a little, I had a little more bloodlust or something. Maybe I needed to see some people in those, in those buildings or something like that. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but it's one of those things where it's like, um, I, I guess what I was looking for is like maybe some more, um, consequences. Yeah. It uh, sounds, it sounds like you wanted more of, uh, old school, like original Godzilla. Yeah. Whereas this movie is a lot more obviously like the later 70s and 60s Godzilla's where they don't really focus too much on people being killed. Right. Right. And, and I think maybe that's just the the um, contemporary sensibilities I have because, you know, I, I've seen I've seen too many of these big budget tentpole movies where that's all the climax of the movie is, is 75 9-11s. And it's just like, yeah, maybe, maybe I've just gotten accustomed to that that aesthetic and not seeing that it's like you know you you can you can throw some cg puppet people in there and you know some something to um to kind of really sell and bring home the the human toll that's um and i agree with you that like you know that that's shown effectively in the in the island village but that's really kind of like the only spot where where that is um, especially like when when well, we're like deep in the second act, where it's like, oh no, these monsters are everywhere, attacking every major city. Yeah, they're showing news uh, footage of the monsters destroying cities, and it's basically kind of the same thing they did in uh, 2014. But uh, yeah, I c- they they did show consequence for the oxygen destroyer when it was used, but it was it wasn't people that were being wiped out, so I don't know if that really counts for you. Uh, you know what that that actually did what it was uh, supposed to because like you see like all of the dead fish and stuff just plip 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 and then King Ghidorah comes out completely unscathed. Yeah, that 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 leads into something I like. They got they did about or a couple things they like that they did with Ghidorah. One, they got his uh, outer space origin because mm-hmm. vast majority of the, the, of uh, 
Toho movies that have Ghidorah in it is he's an alien. Right. And he's but this time he's uh doing his own thing. He's not under alien invader control or whatever. Oh, okay. Monster Zero. Yeah, oh. that 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 that's another thing I like that they did. The mm-hmm. that deep cut for the uh the American release of uh I think it was Invasion of the Astro Monster. Okay. Cuz I assume I'm getting the title right. Now I kind of want to look it up. But uh Ah, fuck it, forget it. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that that was just a, another deep cut I didn't expect them, expect them to do. Yeah. Cuz all, all all over the uh like posts and stuff, they were calling Ghidorah Ghidorah. Mhm. Yeah, I mean cuz I mean like you had even mentioned that like I mean shoot even going back to our Kong review because you recognized the shapes in the I don't remember it was, it was, a, it, was a post, it was yeah, it was cave paintings in the post credit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I remember. I remember. You, I wish I had like you know the 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 actual drop I I could play right now because if I if I if I'm quoting you correctly, it's like King fucking Ghidorah. <laughs> no, yeah, forget Doomsday and Thanos. It's Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah, you you were really excited about that. No, um, yeah, because so. like uh, the only Toho movies that ever got released stateside in my lifetime was yeah. uh, 1985, 2000, and Shin Godzilla. So okay, so so take me back because like there there's 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 a, a huge blind spot I'm missing. What what is Godzilla 1985? I don't I don't know if I even know what that is. 1985, it's the uh, the American version of the 1984 reboot, and they bring back Raymond Burr for it. Oh okay, all right. Unfortunately, it hasn't gotten any releases past VHS because there's like copyright issues with the music. Oh sure, okay. Um, okay. Which, which, which bums me out because that was like when I was a kid. Of all the Godzilla movies, that probably got the most rental out of me. Sure, and because yeah, it's like as as you were describing it, it's like and you were referring to Raymond Burr. I was like, wait a minute, did they not release the black and white one with Perry Mason era Raymond Burr until 1985? I I was I was very confused. I, I'm, oh yeah, I'm I'm a knucklehead. Um, yeah, no, that's that's uh, oh man, that's that's interesting. So at least, though, if am I incorrect in thinking that now that we're at least getting decent American uh, Godzilla movies, or, or well, we only have two. Well, I'm I'm combining the 2014 and King of the Monsters, obviously, but sure. we only had two attempts, yeah, at American remakes rather than Americanized versions, right? And the less we talk about 98, the better. Oh yeah, I, I think I think history is mostly forgotten about it, because um, yeah, it's again less said the better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just the the things that I liked, I really liked. I mean, it's like you know, even if I didn't understand the references, because you know, seeing like you know, super powered Godzilla at, at the end of the movie, I mean, it's like that that makes the hair on my arm stand up. That was that was pretty freaking cool. No, yeah, and I, I love that 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 was a uh, reference, or straight out of Godzilla versus Destroya. Okay, it was the that was the the last one out of the Heisei era. Mm. It's basically, it was the Godzilla dies movie. But uh, wow. but I don't know. If, I think we said this before, Eric, yeah. but that the fact that they use the oxygen destroyer that now sets up possibly bringing in Destroya or a Destroya like monster in the next okay. movie, and. This might be just fan theory level stuff, but 
the, the whole idea of San Francisco and, and Vegas after the 2014 movie, they're overrun with plant life because the monster's radioactiveness yeah. leaves a... It just changes the... Yeah, like terraforms it kind of. Basically, like that could lead into Biolanti being brought in because Biolanti's a giant plant monster. Oh. Huh. Interesting. So, so, so those two could probably just be more like... More... Maybe just being hopeful of yeah. what, what they bring in. Because I have a hard time believing that Kong versus Godzilla is just going to be those two fighting. I I, yeah. I greatly suspect they're going to bring in a third monster. Yeah, I mean, because you would almost have to, right? Because, like, well, I mean, if, if this if this follows traditional pattern and this goes to movies, comic books, any type of story where, you know, you have a versus in the title... You know they're they're probably going to fight a good couple times, and then a larger threat will force them to put aside their differences. Batman v Superman, exactly. Um, except hopefully done better. Well, well, now that I say that, I, I I'm remembering a a line at towards the end of uh, King of the Monsters where it's like one character's like, "I'm glad on he's on our side," referring to Godzilla, and, mm. and another character's like, "For how long?" Right. So that they it could just be straight up Godzilla versus Kong and Kong being possibly the good guy. Well, and that's the thing too because okay, so so let me ask you this, just just get your opinion, is Godzilla an anti-hero? It really depends on the movie. Yeah. Cuz like uh the original, the 84 reboot Shin Godzilla he's just straight up the antagonist. He's the villain. Okay. And same with uh, Mafra versus Godzilla. Godzilla was the bad guy. But then you have some like uh, Final Wars where Godzilla's mm-hmm. a, a bad guy, but there's a bigger threat. Yeah. So he, it's not so much he's protecting the humans, it's he's protecting his territory. I gotcha. And but then like at some point it flips, right? I mean you got like a like a Godzilla versus Megalon where you know We're, Godzilla yeah, Godzilla's is straight up the protector. Exactly. So and So but I guess for this move or this particular series, he he seems borderline anti hero. Right. Because it, it's not so much he's protecting us, it's he's just the balance of nature. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I could get down on that. That um um that kind of works. Um, I I wanted to ask you about Mothra mm-hmm. a bit because like I don't, as you said earlier, um I I don't think she was kind of given uh the proper due, but still portrayed um you know fairly well for the times that she was in there. Like yeah, she know, was de- she she definitely came across as like angelic. Yeah. Which I thought was nice and and necessary, but like, um, I, I I guess I need my hand held a little bit because I don't I don't entirely understand the the whole uh you know what what she was doing with Godzilla and like the whole self sacrifice thing or was it a self sacrifice I don't well it's it, I, I, I was a little confused. Well, I can't remember the uh, term that they were. Uh-huh. There's a there's a term for it. It's a uh, you know, we're two totally separate species that are kind of working together. Or Symbiosis, that kind of thing? There you go. Yeah. Okay. That That's basically their relationship in this movie is. Oh. Because, like, the, earlier in the movie, there was some reference to her being the queen of the monsters, right? 
Or am I making that up? No, no. Somebody called her the queen of the monsters. Okay. And there, there was a guy that was like, so are those two kind of like F together? Or? <laughs> as, he, as he points his fingers together. <laughs> but, yes. no, but no, they, they yeah, it, it's, it's just mutual uh, benefit pretty much. I got gotcha. you. Um, because yeah, it, it is kind of interesting and you see this a lot with anything. I, I've seen a lot of, uh, fan art, uh, you know, portraying, uh, uh, Godzilla and Mothra. And so it's like, okay, that, so I get, I guess that's a thing. That's, that, that's fine. You're not talking about that shipping nonsense, are you? Um, a little bit. Uh, there, there's some, there's some of that also. That's that. That could be a whole nother thing that we could that we can all, unpack. All because, I'll say is Raylos are the worst. That's all I'll say. You're not wrong. Uh, you know what? I'll 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 stand there with you on that one. I because yeah, they uh, they could be pretty obnoxious on on the twitters, but uh, uh, but yeah, no, I I guess just just from like the mechanics of like, so is it like she went to go fight King Ghidorah and just lost? Because uh, it almost kind of looks like that. Well. Uh, I, I yeah. Well, what it was God? Ghidorah had Godzilla on the ropes, like he, and he just kind of needed time to get back up. Uh huh. And Mafra, like she was already wounded from uh, Rodan because Rodan's little fire wings set her wings on fire. Right, right. So she's she basically like buying time for Godzilla to recover, and okay, and that obviously wasn't enough, and that led to our heroes grabbing the uh, the Orca and activating it to distract Ghidorah. Okay, that that makes a little more sense because I thought that there was something to like the 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 Mothra bits that 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 were being sprinkled on unconscious Godzilla. Well, I can't remember what movie, but that happens before, and it, it's kind of like her essence. Yeah, rejuvenates. Uh, I can't remember if it's Godzilla or if it's some other monster, you know? mm-hmm. but yeah, that that's kind of what it was referenced for. Okay, too, I think. see, and and I guess you know. It, you 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 had mentioned earlier that part of my issue was kind of like uh, with expectations, and um, that that was one thing that I actually had hard spoiled for me. I I was listening to uh, um, a podcast, and yeah, they just they just throw that out there. It's like, oh yeah, well you know, Godzilla is the king of the monsters, and that makes a uh, you know Mothra queen of the monsters, and she totally sacrifices herself uh, to you know like, give him power or something like that. And, and I'm just like, whoa, fucking spoilers! <laughs> it's like. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad they did that because I was kind of yeah. concerned that Mafra would just be kind of in, in a similar role of Rodan. Like she, she's just there to fight and try yeah. to, or to fight to be an alpha and get killed at some point. Yeah. Now, I wonder, if, you know, for, for some of my, um, again, more uh, uh, progressive uh, left leaning uh, uh, friends and fans. Um, uh, so I wonder if like. Uh, if Mothra is a women in refrigerator situation there where like, you know, she's killed off only to propel the male's story forward. Uh, I say well, with she's a, a giant moth. So I with doubt a it. Smile and a wink and a nod. I just, uh, I don't even know where that came from, but, um, um, but you, you mentioned the, uh, the Orca device is so, is that like a thing from other well, lore? Cause well, it, not so much that device, but the yeah. idea of the monsters being controlled. Okay. That's not unheard of. Like, it happens in uh, Destroy All Monsters, uh, Final Wars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, there, there's a precedent for it. Okay. Because I was just like, I mean, that is, that's obviously a super MacGuffin. 
And it's like, I don't know. I mean, we spend a lot of the movie chasing the thing down, and then it's, I don't know. It's just, uh, um, it's like, well, I mean, again, you you, you gotta it, it, you gotta ser- have some it, kind of device. It served its purpose. It did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, it, to move us along to the monsters. Yeah, it's it, it's literally a plot device. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Sure. No, for these type of movies, I, I'll let it. I'll let it go. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I and I'm I'm. Yeah, it's 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 not the most egregious thing. I mean, and and again, just to kind of you know uh, recap or wrap up or however you want to look at it, my my issues with this movie are the runtime and the performances. Just about everything else. I mean, well, I mean, and and again, the dialogue is so bad, and the people performing it make it that much worse. So it's like, you know, like the stuff like Bradley Whitford's uh, uh, tech guy character. It's like, I can't tell if he's trying to be intentionally unfunny or I don't know. It's just I, I found I found that character to be especially obnoxious and was was uh kind of sad that he didn't get squished like that 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 uh that random doctor lady from that first movie just gets like randomly and it's so so much so oh is that what see it was like rodan one of uh not rodan one of one of the Ghidorah heads ate her oh see yeah it's maybe it was just like dark cinematography and i missed it because it's like it was one of those things i was staring at the screen i'm like wait a minute she dead because i think she dead nobody really seems all that concerned (laughs) Well, they show uh, Ken in mourning, but yeah, with, with like a a a printout that says "deceased" on it, just because. I mean, and that was probably for me because, like, I was the knucklehead audience guy. Was like, she dead? Oh, oh, it says deceased. So yeah, she's super dead. Okay, well, very. Well, good. I don't know. They show the shot of Ghidorah's. <laughs> I, I want to say it was the middle head that got yeah. her, but oh, okay, it had a big chunk of ice where she was in his, in his mouth, and he just kind of froze his head up and swallows it. Oh. Wow, what movie was I watching? I because I think I missed all that. In fact, I thought she got stomped on or something. Wow, hoo wee. Um, so yeah, so th- so there's that. Um, what else? What else? Uh, what else? Uh, well, since we've had three in this in this series, how would you rank it? Oh gosh, um, I I'll go, um. From from bottom to top, I would go 2014, uh, King of the Monsters, and then Kong. I love Kong. That's a fun ass movie. Okay, mine switched around totally. Cause okay. Admittedly, this is primary because I like Godzilla as a character more than King Kong. Yeah, I would put Kong third. Uh huh. Fourteen second, and King of the Monsters first. Interesting. Um, I I haven't watched 2014 other than the once. It's like I, I've seen it once, and and again, I I was I, my I remember being very lukewarm on it. I'm like, oh, this is, I mean, the parts that I liked, you know, when like you know these fighting the mutos and you know let them fight and all that. I mean, I I was cool with all that, and you know, you get people getting like you know getting atomic breath down their throat and stuff. I, I was cool with that, but like, yeah, the the two hours it takes to get there, it's just I don't know. I guess I. It's weird, and and I guess maybe I just gotta check my own expectations because like I can sit through three hours of an of an end game, and taking almost an hour before we we get into like the main plot. Um, that, that that reminds me. Uh, I want to, yeah, I want to defend my position of this movie uh, 
King of the Monsters being better than Endgame. Oh yeah, sure. And and you know maybe because you know what, at least say what you will about the plot of King of the Monsters. Yeah. At least there was no convoluted time travel and having Godzilla fight a less interesting version of King Ghidorah. How do you mean? Well, in, in game the plot, uh-huh. the, the time travel stuff is like totally convoluted. And it's like oh yeah yeah yeah. And Thanos at the end that we fight at the end, I found to be way less interesting than oh. Thanos from Infinity War because oh okay because the guy at the end the one the Thanos we got at the end he was basically mustache twirling he might as well have been wearing a monocle yeah and, and doing the Mwahaha. <laughs> I'm gonna. You defeated my plan originally, hey? Well, I'm going to destroy all of you. <laughs> With a dumb helicopter sword that doesn't work. Oh, which reminds me, and I didn't mention this in any of my own episodes, and I did like two two-hour episodes about, about the, the freaking endgame, and in my notes for both episodes, I kept writing Thanos Copter. Because I wanted to mention it, and I kept forgetting it, and I feel that that dumb double-bladed uh, sword thing, there's your Thanos copter, because it's really just a helicopter blade. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, um, you know Emily Blunt's uh, uh, helicopter sword from uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. You know, it's the same thing, kind of, except that it's on both sides and it sucks. That sword sucks. I'll, 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 I'll grant you that. But yeah, no. I, I, thanks for clarifying. I was like less interesting. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I can get that. So, okay. So, so that's your stance on um uh Godzilla well, King well, of the well, Monsters. Well, that and the whole uh Oh, I got make, no, make no sense terrorist motivations. Well, guess what? Thanos's motivations were didn't make much sense either. <laughs> they are when you, pretty when you apply thin. when you apply logic to villain lo- uh ideas, no. They don't <laughs> make sense. They never make sense. They're always like you could always point poke holes into yeah. them. Yeah. Well, and you've got to have a movie. And, you know, to have a story and to have drama, you need conflict. And, yeah, sometimes how you get to that conflict is, not, yeah, sometimes you got to take some uh, you gotta, uh, liberties. Sometimes, sometimes cliches are called for. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so, so you had, uh, so you had uh, made the, the point about why Godzilla King of the Monsters is better than the endgame. Right. So you also in that same I did alt- say it, it uh I like this movie more than John Wick 3. So okay, so do you got a do you got a similar leg to stand on with that cuz I'm well, I'm curious about this one too. Admittedly, this is just because I enjoyed Godzilla the the series more yeah. than I've enjoyed the John Wick series. Like ah, like I, okay. I I really liked John Wick 3. It was pretty sure. darn good, but yeah. it's kind of like I've seen this before whereas Godzilla yeah. it felt more like Sure, it's got. Admittedly, it's a lot of st- stuff lifted from Toho. Yeah. However, it was presented in a way that it felt new, or newish. Yeah, I I can't even disagree with you because I I I appreciate that logic because like I mean even with with Godzilla be, uh, King of the Monsters it feels like you know obviously it's it's setting up new chapters but I also feel like it kind of well, yeah, stands just- alone by itself. Whereas, um, and, and, you know, you and I never really got a chance to talk about it. One, one of the things that, that bugged me about John Wick Chapter 3 is that it's all middle. It, it's, it, it's... I, yeah, I, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's, yeah. it's a setup for John Wick 4. Yeah, and, and really, I, and again, the stuff that was cool in it is cool. I, I like that movie, but I don't love it the way I did the first one, and maybe even the second one to an extent. It's like, and... Um, 
and, and maybe this is where you know people start start jumping off uh, uh, with me, uh, opinion and perspective. You, you dare badmouth the great Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Well, see, and here's the thing: I um, Keanu isn't the problem. He, you can tell that he's getting older, though. He's he's a little slow in some of those sequences. Some. Uh, it makes it more believable, so I'm I'm happy I, with that. I don't disagree with you, and I I I like that. It lends credibility. But I found myself by the time we're getting to the third act, I was desensitized to the point where we're we're um, having the uh, climactic battle in the Continental. I was I, I was just like I I'm glad that they did something different. With like you know the the invading soldiers being armored and like just like you know the the traditional double tap wasn't going to work. I liked that, but but yeah, it was like actually I even thought that was okay. I think it was even like the the fight with uh, uh, Mark Dacascos at, at the end. I'm just like, all right, can can this movie just end already? Oh, it doesn't end. It's just it's just set up for the next one. Yeah, he, he's right. got to fall down some buildings and get his. <sighs> He's clear. He should be dead, but he he's okay. Well, he's John Wick. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in the you like, know, no way the, his back's not broken. No, it's, he's he, he's a superhero. It's it's fine. But yeah, no, I mean that was um, so yeah. I was, but I, I I see where you're coming from with uh, uh, comparing it uh, that way because yeah, it's well, and and I would also go on to say with with Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is that it's given you something that you as an audience member have not been served on properly uh, before. No, un- unlike Marvel where, or comic book movies in general where you guys yeah. got way more in your field. You've gotten seconds and thirds. Exactly. Us Godzilla fans, we get slim pickings. Yeah. And or at so, least when it comes to theatrical releases, yeah. Well, and, and to bring things back around, you know, like one, one of the more polarizing things I asked was like, well, you know, who is this for? And you said Godzilla fans. And, you know, it's like, well, does it need to be for, you know, uh, um, you know, general audiences? And in this case, I don't think it does. I, I think I think what the strength of this movie is, is that it's. It's for you because you're you're obviously a P1 from day one on this and it gave you what you want. So even though it didn't give me what I want, don't worry about my representation. I'm okay. <laughs> Just to kind of put it that way again with a with a wink and a nod. Right. And he's not laughing as hard as I am. <laughs> he doesn't like that. Uh, but yeah, no, well, I your 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 jokes are like dad jokes. They're just awful. <laughs> pretty awful you know i just had a conversation with with somebody uh, uh very recently it's like no i i'm i'm fun but i'm not funny i just i i yeah i don't tell good jokes i don't think i'm especially funny but uh but i'm fun to be around so i i i've got that going for me at least which is nice so uh, but uh back to back yeah. to king of the monsters yeah uh, yeah uh, curious, how, yeah off the top of head do you know how many godzilla movies you've seen um, I, I I would probably say less than five. Less, okay, well, I was going to say... And I've said, like, bits and pieces. I mean, it's like, I think the only one that I have seen uh, back-to-back um, more than any other is uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, and that's because of Mystery Science Theater 3000, so that doesn't even... I have mess- that movie on VHS. <laughs> and, and, I, I, and I have seen the movie without... 
the MST3K treatment once. I think like a buddy of mine had it or okay. something like that. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Okay, I, I was going to ask, uh, how would you rank this movie among those you've seen? But yeah, that, I, that seems like a... It's yeah, it's gonna be a wasted gesture, unfortunately, right. because yeah, I'm just I'm just not that into it. It it would be like if somebody had seen uh Friday the thirteenth, two thousand nine, and like maybe bits and pieces of the other ones and asking them to do a, a comprehensive ranking. It just it, it wouldn't be um appropriate. Okay. Right. But uh I guess for me personally, since yeah. since I've seen all of them, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely put it in top ten. Okay. I, wow. I really don't know what... It, it might be on the lower end of the 10s. Sure. Because they're, 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 admittedly, there are a bunch I've, I haven't seen in years. And I just can't find copies of. Because, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I have Godzilla vs. Megalon VHS, but I would, <laughs> those tapes get old, and I would yep. like to have a DVD or Blu-ray copy of it, but it's out of print, and unfortunately, collectors are assholes. Yeah, and, and if I want it, I have to pay an arm and a leg for it. Oh, because probably like a bootleg rip or something like that. No, like like official cop. Like I was on eBay looking for uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, like the first one. Yeah, and it's like getting into the fifty dollars just for the DVD. Wow, but because it's out of print. Oh, sure, okay. So it's like it's like a collector's market thing. Exactly. So why why do you think this stuff is out of print? Is it like is it like a licensing thing? I, I just assume that whoever has the rights to them prints them once and or prints a bunch once and puts them out there and then doesn't I'm assuming they don't sell well enough to justify reprints. Yeah. Well and and it seems like and and maybe I'm answering my own question, but it feels like so so this is uh for for this current run of Godzilla the the monster verse, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's uh Warner Brothers uh producing or whatever but it's uh legendary that's uh making the actual movie got it so so yeah so warner's is probably just more distribution and muscle than anything so i would imagine then that they their rights are to yeah their rights are exclusively the the ones they're making because last if i remember tristar columbia has the rights to a large chunk of the showa era Mm -hmm. uh Kraken has some of the Heisei. Oh. And Classic Media had a bunch. And Criterion put out the original on Blu-ray. I, supposedly, they're going to try to put out a good chunk of the Showa-era movies. And that would be some of the ones I'm missing in my uh, library. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything new about that. Hmm. Because you would think that with a uh, new Godzilla out in theaters that these publishers that do have the rights would be trying to put something out, if anything, you'd, you'd think. just to give you something to buy. Well, I imagine well, if this movie was doing gangbusters in the box office, then yeah, that would be the case, but oh, okay. gotcha. unfortunately it's not. So hmm. it, it, it makes me wish that uh, Blu-rays weren't region locked because Toho constantly puts them out there. Like They have a big oh, really? box set that's all their movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I, I'm running into some uh, uh, region coding with, like, trying to find uh, uh, Blu-ray uh, 3D movies. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I occasionally do this uh, side podcast with, uh, with a buddy of mine from work. Um, 
you know, where where we kind of uh, talk about some of our adventures trying to find uh, 3D movies because they're 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 all but extinct in the U.S. But there's parts of the world uh, that are, you know, specifically like United Kingdom and India and other other areas where they're still you know, putting out uh, 3D Blu-rays at a pretty uh, decent clip. Uh, but anyway, I, I um, once I get like some other stuff going on with my 3D glasses that aren't currently working. Oh, you were giving me shit about that, too, about like, you know. Yeah, uh, you, you need to get up to date with uh, TV tech trends yeah. that will be dead within 10 years yeah, or so. Yeah, j- jump on the next uh, obsolete technology, uh, and, and you're absolutely yeah, right. I, but yeah, as a gamer, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> jump on the uh, the VR trend because that died. Oh, or, that or, died. Well, dying, but oh. it, it's hardly a thing. Really? Oh my goodness! Because my my buddy, I was just telling you about. He he was. Uh, we were recording at uh, at another buddy's place, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you know, you should. Uh, um, you got time to do some some VR." <laughs> And so they've got like, like I think it's like uh, connected with PlayStation Four or something. Yeah, and it's stupid expensive too. Yeah, it was like one of the things where like, yeah, the dude like, I anyway. It, so that story doesn't go anywhere because I didn't have time. We all had to work the next day, so so I still have not done the VR. But I didn't realize that that was something that was kind of like on the cusp of. It, uh, it never uh, caught on. Really, like, it's it's super expensive. Ah, see, and that's. That's that's the thing. It's like once you make stuff cost prohibitive, people aren't going to bite. Um, I forget where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. Region coding. Yeah. So it's like it, it took me a really long time to find a copy of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in 3D Blu-ray that wasn't region locked. I ended up getting it uh, from India. <laughs> so and uh, and yeah, one of these days I'll get around to watching it in 3D. But um Anyway, that's that that's a whole another thing about region coding and region locked. Um, so before we, because uh, um, looking at the time here, I think I think we've got time for some uh, uh, rapid fire shotgun topics. Right, right, right. But but before we run into that, any uh, anything else on uh, Godzilla or well, the MonsterVerse or anything we haven't covered? Well, I don't know if it I missed it. Uh. Because I was looking for it the second time I watched the uh, King of the Monsters. I was looking for Raymond Burr references, or to his character uh, Steve Martin from the uh, the night the the Americanized Godzilla movie. The uh, uh, in his uh, titular role as White Savior. Well, it wasn't White Savior, but you obviously haven't seen the movie. But anyway, <laughs> actually, you know, and this is third hand from uh, my other buddy at work. We we were talking about that, and he's like, "Oh, the one where Raymond Burr shows up and he's a white savior." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, he's a reporter, and he's just bossing people around like he knows everything about everything." And I'm like, "If you say so, buddy." <laughs> I, it's I, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> I, I was expecting references to that just because yeah. this movie has the same title as the movie he starred in. Okay. Both are called Godzilla: King of the Monster or Monsters. Wow. That's pretty cool. I I did not know that. That's that, yeah. That's what like when they originally announced the title, I was like, well, now you're just confusing people. Yeah. But it, it yeah, that was pretty much it. Well, and it's interesting. So it's oh man, and th- this is pulling out a thread, but it's like it seems like if you're using that title specifically, gives you an opportunity to do maybe like if not an outright remake, then at least like. 
borrowing heavy plot elements from that. But then again, that's that doesn't make any sense because if I'm understanding it correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is the Americanized Raymond Burr version of Gojira, right? Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay. I, I was... Yeah, it's just like he, his scenes are just spliced in there and... And whatnot, but right, right. But it makes it makes sense why they did it at the time. Like, sure, you, you need a. I, I don't know if Raymond Burr was a star at the time, but right. You, but you need a re- somebody recognizable. Yeah, and, and something that you can hang it on, as as opposed to just putting this crazy Japanese monster movie. Well, that and the, the whole ant- nuclear element doesn't quite resonate with American audiences as it did with the Japanese audience at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and and I wonder, yeah, and we didn't really get into talking about themes too terribly much because I don't know, it's like the, the the original concept of Godzilla is that, you know, it's it's a response to, you know, the nuclear age and nuclear proliferation well, well, it, and well, well, it was a uh, yeah, it was an allegory for the nuclear weapons, but what inspired it was uh, an incident that happened uh with a ship referred to or called a uh, Lucky Dragon. Uh, I can't remember the full name of it. Was oh, well, the United States was doing nuclear testing in the Pacific, and uh-huh. they were hit with uh, radioactive dust. Oh, so that in that and the movie uh, Beast from Two Thousand Leagues or whatever that movie's uh-huh. called, those two were provided the inspiration for God's or Gojira. Interesting. I didn't know that, and I I did think it was interesting at one point. At one point, like on one of the maps, that that Godzilla isn't labeled as Godzilla; it's na- labeled as uh, Gojira. Well, G- yeah, in the 2014, Ken calls him Gojira. Okay, and I I couldn't tell if that's how he was, or if it was just an accent thing, or <laughs> I, I I I'm serious. I really no, couldn't tell because again, no, I, sometimes I, I, don't, his, I don't I don't blame you. He does have a thick accent. Yeah, it's uh, um. All right, so so there there is a so huge recommend for you, right? You know, go go see yeah, it. Yeah, if you're a fan of Godzilla, I would definitely say give it a, give it a watch. Okay, and, and you know, I I would you know I it's a light recommend from me. You know, it's like uh, again, I don't dislike it. I was uh, my my review is skewed by my expectations and how disproportionately disappointed I was. Right, it's like I. You know, I I think I needed it to be about forty minutes shorter, and I needed more monster carnage, and I needed it a little sooner. Put up. So just to kind of recap but- that real quick. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at mikecyberradio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S E I B E R T. You got mail. Everybody loves you. I guess we could add this to the rapid fire stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it, it seems kind of telling that all these movies coming out so far that yeah. are supposed to be big summer blockbusters, they're bombing yeah. domestically. Like, this didn't do well. Uh, the Men in Black International apparently did very poorly. Hmm. And uh, Dark Phoenix isn't doing well. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's a turd. That dead on arrival, and like you know, they even threw in a uh, um, another Shaft movie in there, and and that's that that made like four million dollars over the weekend or some such like that. It's already out. Yeah, oh. yeah, it came out oh. last came out last Friday, and it was kind of like I saw t- commercials for it, and it's like I didn't know they were doing a, another Shaft yeah, movie. I I'm gonna go watch it. I don't care. 
I, I, I actually really like that Samuel L. Jackson version, the one uh, John Singleton did. I haven't even seen it. It's, it's, it's worth a watch. I mean, you got a, you got a, a 1998-era Christian Bale as like a, like a super racist uh, <laughs> villain character. It's, it's not bad. And it's, it kind of leans into the you know, expectation of Samuel L. Jackson as a blaxploitation hero. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. So I'm, I'm actually th- that might actually be the next movie we go see. Is that that new Shaft uh, might get to the Men in Black eventually? I, I'm, May- I'm giving that movie a hard pass. Yeah, it, it's Independence Day two suffered a lack of uh, Will Smith. Yeah, this that not having Will Smith. It's like I'm not even going to try. Ah, see, that's an that's an interesting pattern. I didn't even pick up on. See, I guess it. Well, it, then they're doing the whole. Or Chris Hemsworth once again is playing the 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 buffoon, the idiot, and it's like I've already seen this twice in Endgame <laughs> and Ghostbusters. Yeah. Eh, fair enough. Yeah, I, I I could get that. So so where where is all the drop off coming from? Is like is it, are people just still watching Endgame or Well I don't I, I, I don't know how well Endgame's been doing this late in the game, but uh I think it's just quality issues. Like th- th- most of these movies just aren't so, so folks aren't going just because. So, so it's not a it's not a competition thing. It's it's fatigue. It's just like I'm not going to any of this. Uh, it's probably just like this movie's bad. I'm and yeah. word of mouth's killing them. Well, yeah, and and like you look at say something like like a Dark Phoenix where it's like I I don't remember what it was. This is actually its second week of release. That movie's been out for like two weeks already. I didn't even know because like I just read an article. Uh, earlier that that said it had like um, it beat Batman v Superman for a second week drop off. Oh, I, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. That's ba- it had like like eighty eight percent audience drop off in that, week two. I I have no basis for this, but it's the same suspect or suspicion that I got from uh, the Predator. Oh, sure. Some executive at 20th Century Fox isn't happy they lost. They're losing their job because of the buyout. Yeah, and they're just sabotaging these movies well, or it, these properties that Disney is getting a hold of. You know what? And and you know, it's not a conspiracy if uh, if they're really after you. <laughs> or, or I'm sorry, it's not paranoia if they're really after you. Let me let me get my uh, th- phrasing correct there. Um, but I I think the thing with this uh, Dark Phoenix specifically is like it's had the stink of death on it for like a while. I mean, it's already been delayed like twice over. Tons of reshoots and yeah, just yeah, and just how, dead on arrival. And how do you fuck up the the Phoenix story twice? Twice, I you know what I I honestly kind of want to watch it as from a morbid curiosity just to see if it is truly worse than X Men: The Last Stand because taking a look at box office and critical reception. Now, granted, we're in a different age than we were in like. 2005 or when, whenever that movie came out um but it's it's been sacked in pretty much any way that that a movie like this can um nobody's going to see it and nobody's supporting it whereas at least with X-Men the Last Stand um it's like you go back and look at the Rotten Tomatoes rating and it's like obscenely high it's like 55 or something like that and and it made a whole lot of money um, back when audiences, I guess, were, I don't know, it's just a different combination well, of audiences. Well, at that time, were there a lot of, I can't remember, were there a lot of comic book movies? No, out? 
No. Okay. No, I mean, because, I mean, th- this was still, like, you know, five years before Iron Man. So, I mean, this is where basically, like, um, yeah, it was at a point where we took what we could get and we were happy about it. You know, and it's, um, yeah, it's and it's an interesting age now. Because another thing that I've heard about Dark Phoenix is that it's not even bad enough to be memorable. Whereas, like, X-Men The Last Stand or even, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine, those are both awful movies. Oh, oh, the one that had, they turned Deadpool into Baraka? Yeah, yeah, Baraka pool with no mouth. <laughs> um, stupid. But but that's, that's, that's at least memorable for that, for, like, you know, making just so colossally stupid decisions and being so notoriously terrible. This Dark Phoenix is just like, eh, it's an X-Men movie that nobody cares about. And and even even uh, um, uh, Sophie Turner in her uh, uh, increasingly snug T-shirts is not enough to to save this movie. I'll, I'll still give it a watch because of that. But 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 that's neither here nor there. Um, it's yeah. I just so I don't know if it's sequelitis. I don't know if it's terrible movie fatigue. But I do find it really puzzling that like in a year where you got yourself an endgame that's making like literally a billion dollars in its opening weekend setting all the these kind of records i don't know if it's finally eclipsed avatar as as all time but if it if it hasn't it surely will um which is kind of right and good and just i'm i'm fine with that um because avatar sucks that movie sucks and, I have not seen it since it originally came out. Like I've seen, I've watched bits and pieces yeah. on TV, but it's just you. Uh, when you were a kid, you ever watch uh, Fern Gully: The Last Rainforest? Oh yeah, same movie. Yeah, same. Hey, there's a whole list of movies that Avatar is based. Yeah, I was gonna say, hey, uh, when you were a kid, you ever watch uh, Dances with Wolves? Same movie. <laughs> Last Samurai, same movie. Same movie. Yeah, Pocahontas, same, <laughs> same movie. movie. <laughs> Uh, but there's at least there's some cool mech suits at, at some point in the movie. So uh, so we're drifting. You got a uh, you got some uh, uh, yeah, just some just rapid some, fire. Just some shit. I want to say mm. uh, the new Battletoads game that's coming out. It looks like trash. Yeah. So I I am pissed. I was super excited last year when Microsoft announced that they're bringing back Battletoads. It's like fuck yeah. <laughs> and then they released the the gameplay the gameplay trailer at E3 this year. It looks like that stupid cutesy Cal Arts nonsense. It, wow! It, it it looks like it's the same people that did that or do, doing. I don't know if it got put out yet. That stupid uh, Thundercats reboot. Oh, or, or, okay. So so with kind of like the the cutesy chibi type type yeah. style, kind of, kind of like a like a Steven Universe type uh, type of basically, there. Basically, basically. It's and just like no, Battle no. No, you want good what Battletoads should look like, uh, anybody listening, just pull up gameplay footage of the most recent Killer Instinct game, because mm-hmm. one of the Battletoads is a DLC character in that game, and that's like, that's the look. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I, I didn't even realize until you told me in, in pre-show, I, di- I didn't know the new Battletoads game was I probably should have had you look at the trailer beforehand, just so you could see how... I might do that after the show, but yeah, very good. We'll, we'll throw a link in the show notes just uh, just for yeah. for uh, giggles. Terminator Dark Stool. Oh my goodness! I was wondering if you were going to have thoughts on this because I don't have faith in this movie, even if it is James Cameron back on because he he killed his credibility when it came to Terminator when he was hyping up 
Genesis. Yeah, you know what? And I'm I'm literally a hundred percent with you on that. And, and sure, the director of Deadpool is directing this movie, but you know what? He's the producer of the Sonic movie. <laughs> And not, oh, and not to mention, it's like I—I I know I was Sonic praising movie. King of the Monsters for bringing back old ideas. Yeah, but here's the thing: that at least that movie—it's—I it, don't want to say a reboot, but it's—it's it's an, an American adaptation of it. Whereas this is a sequel. Yeah, and they're lifting tons of stuff that we've already, or we're, they're doing stuff we've already seen in previous yeah. movies, like a uh, Lady Terminator. We've seen that in T three. Yeah, a. A Terminator with a robot endoskeleton and a liquid metal exoskeleton. We've seen that in T3 as well. Uh, a Terminator that thinks it's human. Salvation, anybody? And, and but I, and, but and, and, Linda and, and, Hamilton, though. Sure, that worked for uh, the Halloween reboot, but uh, I don't know. That Yeah, no, and that's, that's really... Oh, sure, they're bringing back Arnold to play an old man Terminator, but guess what? We saw that in Genesis. Yeah. And, and where is John fucking Connor? <laughs> you know, and and the thing that that's I forget. This is not my idea. I forgot where I learned it, but it's like um, they 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 compared the Terminator story to the Skywalker saga in in Star Wars, and it's like you know we spend so much time with this one dumb family. Why don't we go to other corners of the universe? Well, There's you, other you, stories to be told with you, other people. I'm glad you brought that up because as as questionable as Salvation is, yeah, at least they were taking the franchise in a in a, an area where it probably should have gone is the war. Yeah, yeah, the actual future war. Um, it, it granted, sucked. I would have rather seen them using the uh, the type of weapons that they were using in uh, in those flashbacks in T one and T two. Yep, but still, it was like that's the direction I would have liked rather have seen than oh, we're gonna redo Terminator one. Yeah, and, and and what are they gonna do here? And and if you, it feels like there, there's so much thrown at it, like you said, it's like you know we're riffing on at least three different types of previous Terminator characters, and 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 on top of this, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is supposed to be the sequel to T2, and that like everything else is thrown out because James Cameron. Well, that would make sense because in T. Three, Linda Hamilton is already dead. Yeah, and it's so weird because I mean, I, I remember watching this. I mean, when, when did that movie come out? Like you know, nineteen ninety nine, maybe like two thousand and early or something like that. I think I was still in high school, so yeah, probably around there. Yeah, and I I remember not believing it to where it's like you know maybe she's gonna show up later or maybe like for a sequel setup she's gonna show up in a different movie and then of course Terminator Three ends the way that it does. Which, you know, good on them for at least, again, as you were saying with Salvation, at least propelling the story forward in a certain fashion. But, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I just, I don't, I, you just leave it alone, right? It's like, why why do we need to? Ter- Terminator should, yeah, it should be left alone. It, like, enough's enough. Yeah, it's. The, the, the time travel stuff, it, it makes everything murky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of murky time travel you know like 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 you were mentioning earlier but yeah it's like um and and i feel like the closest to something that kind of like tries to acknowledge stuff you know we we got that with with terminator genesis you know to where like you know we're spending time in 1984 and you know it's like so you can't do that story again and i think it's 
interesting because I mean, again, that that movie's kind of a turd too, to where it's like, okay, we we set this up, and if I remember correctly, that has a pretty strong sequel setup vibe to it at the end. And it, and I don't even remember how it ends. I I just know they kill robot John Connor. Yeah, and 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 it's like, okay, well, whatever. You know, so old Arnold is still Arnold, whatever. Oh, oh, no, shit. He, uh, um, old Arnold, uh, falls into the poly alloy and gets like the, the, uh, liquid metal skin over his old man Terminator thing. And apparently, and that's why he looks like Arnold at the end. It's, it's stupid. It's super stupid. I don't even know why I'm spending this much time on it. I'm with you. I I have almost zero faith in this, and I think the fact that they're putting it out in November really says something. I, I am only going to see this just to see can Terminator get any lower. Yeah, yeah. I it's basically the same reason I'm going to see uh, Rise of Skywalker's. Like, can it get lower? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there's yeah, it's morbid curiosity at this point and and that's kind of you know not to not to step backwards too much but it's kind of like how i feel about about this dark phoenix i i think i'm gonna go watch it just to just to see how how bad it is and you know if if, yeah again it's you know if it's truly worse than than x-men the last stand uh uh but anyway yeah so yeah yeah um what 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 did you and first of all what a stupid title too you know dark phoenix no, no, for the oh. the, the the dark fate, because I I made a joke with a buddy of mine at work before they released the title. I'm like, oh yeah, you know they they hear that you know they're they're doing another go at Terminator. He's like, get out of here. I'm like, yeah, and Lyndall Hamilton's back, and I I bet you I bet you money it's gonna be called like you know Dark Future or something like that, Terminator Dark Future, <laughs> and. Yeah, you know, fast forward a, a handful of months, and I'm like, "Hey, man, you uh, you see that uh, you see that trailer yet?" <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> dark garbage. Oh, something that I I saw and it's like uh, it just doesn't doesn't give me much faith in uh, Marvel Studios. Yeah, is uh, according to one of their executive producers, uh, Victoria Al, Al-, Al- I can't Victoria whatever you pronounce her last name. Mm. Where she said that the X Men title is outdated because there there's a lot of female characters in X Men. It's like oh, it's like it's like oh, come on, like it's an iconic title that's been there for fifty years. Yeah, I mean that's I yeah I don't even know what to do with. That. I mean she, like she's a- pr- I, I was looking her up. She produced a lot of the really good Marvel movies, so it's like uh huh. It's kind of like oh, it's, I, I don't know what how to feel about it because yeah. It's like, I, it, like I said a moment ago, it, it makes me concerned about uh, X Men's future with Marvel Studios. Yeah, if that's their attitude. Yeah, and you know, the the X Men's place in Marvel canon has has been like on this weird sliding scale over the number of years. While while the movie rights have been tied up, it's like you know, um, there's there's conspiracy theories that say that like. And again, I'm not connected enough with the contemporary comics to say one way or the other. So that's why I'm being vague is like, you know, some people say that, you know, uh, Disney has been putting the thumb on the publication arm to basically kill off the the X-Men titles, you know, not promote them and things like that, because it's like, well, we're not making movies with those characters. So, you know, we really need you to kind of well, just well, kind of what they're doing. Galaxy's Edge. I, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, it's kind of kind of that that 
that uh, scale thumbing uh, type of thing. And but now it slid the other way because now they have Fox and the rights to to the X Men. So I and I can't help but notice that there's been more of a publishing push for X Men in in recent months. So. Um, you know, it's it's like if it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, but it's yeah, I I don't know what to make of of that either. I I, I share your confusion because I don't because I mean I'm I'm relatively progressive. I mean, see also my last couple episodes, but but that that's just dumb, you know. So after after sixty years of um. A legacy title. We're just calling it uh, something else. X people. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's just like, and I th- if I remember correctly, I think there was something about that. Well, no, it's it's addressed in like the the uh, uh, Men in Black trailer, where it's like, you know, we are the Men in Black, or oh, the men and um 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 making jokes, uh, uh women in black, and you know, at least that was a at least in the movie uh, is a joke. Yeah, and but the implication is like, well, yeah, we we see that you know, th- but that's what the organization is called. So, but, but also, at least with men, in Men in Black's case, it's just a reference to urban legends of black helicopters and exactly. government agents, Men in Black, or whatever. So, it, yeah, it's it's not meant to specify men because I mean, like even you know, in the in the. Um, you know, first couple movies, you know, with with uh, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, the, I mean, at the very there's... end of the, the first one, the uh, Will Smith's new partner is a woman. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, there, 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 there have always been women in that organization. So I just, I don't know. I mean, that's to me that that at, at this late in the game, why change the title? It's, it's like, it would be like Coke changing their name because they don't want to be associated with cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it feels very. Very social justice warrior, uh, um, not quite virtue signaling. I think I'm using that incorrectly. But, yeah, no, it just seems like something where it's like trying to be progressive for the sake of progressive. It sounds like somebody – it sounds like something that somebody who has no respect for the material would say. Or doesn't have respect for the material but sees dollar signs instead. Ah, yeah, see, and and that's something that you know I I kind of tumble and stumble about when when I talk about you know some some of the things I've talked about is that like you know yeah I mean there there's there's definitely pandering and I don't know where the line between pandering and representation begins and ends that's all old material but 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 you're right I think this this definitely um kind of kind of fits in that in that space also it just it, and it feels gratuitous and disingenuous right. So anyway, what's next? Well, speaking of lack of respect, uh, <laughs> I love this. Uh, these last couple weeks, so-called fans mocking Tim Rose, aka the suit actor of Admiral Akbar, are mocking him and Will or William Shatner on social media. I saw some of this. I, I'm not as familiar with the Shatner stuff, but but well, with uh, the Tim Rose stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah let's let's well, let's get into some of that. Yeah, for uh, anybody that doesn't know, Tim Rose in an interview he revealed that. There, at the end of his shoot with mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, he felt disrespected. Yeah. I, I don't know if he said disrespected, but basically one of the producers or one of the crew members came up with one of those. Uh, it was like a Millennium Falcon with the, the date and the scene number on it. Yeah. And they said, could you say it's a wrap? It'll be funny. And he just felt his character 
that's what his character's been reduced to because yeah he I, he didn't i don't think he realized his character was going to die off so right. unceremoniously right i mean even the voice actor had problems with that mm-hmm and he and he got shut down for it. Yeah, I I forget was it like a like a comic book convention or no, something? It was, it was, it was at a uh, that Star Trek or not Star Trek Star Wars convention. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, the Star Wars celebration. Yeah, it's like I I, I remember what you're talking about. It's like they're it, it's um uh, I, I don't remember what well, it was. The voice anyway. actor felt like it should have been Akbar that did the kamikaze self sacrifice rather than this Holdo character that we have no reason to care about. Yeah, and and like the the moderators was like, okay, well, moving on real quick, like and just kind of scrambled and just yeah, but they but, they, it was just, but, it was but just Tim bad. felt just really bad about upset about so upset that he had to go off somewhere and stay in his suit and he was just crying for thirty some odd minutes or whatever. Sure, yeah. Like he even said at, while or during that incident, he was crying in the suit. Oh, jeez. And wow, and it's just one of many chipping away at star wars yeah and fans or so-called fans mm-hmm. uh i won't generalize and say they're all uh uh disney star wars apologists or whatever but right they're just going on saying what just belittling him saying that yeah. your character's just a meme you only had a four lines right. in the the movies at all and it's like it's like fuck you assholes you clearly to me I'm guessing they've only been fans of Star Wars for years, right. whereas the people who love Akbar mm-hmm. and understand that he's more than just there's more to Akbar than what he how he was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, they've been fans for decades, right? Because Akbar's he's been in throughout the EU, whether it be sure. uh, the Clone Wars cartoon, comic books, novels. Yeah, there's it's same with. Uh, He's no different than Boba Fett. Like his right. character got fleshed out in the EU, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's where the the love comes from. The people that say he's just a meme, I I'm guessing they only became a fan of Star Wars after Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your taste buds can't repel taste of this magnitude, or something. Admiral Akbar cereal. Yeah, no, I I think you're right, and and some of the things that I've said that that don't necessarily fall in line with some of the other things I've, I've said na- narratively in terms of uh, uh, progressive thinking is that, yeah, I, I, I feel that when, when I say that, that star Wars might not be for me anymore, it's stuff like this that I'm referring to, because like I I've seen a whole volley of those tweets related to this story. And it's, and it's just people just yeah. piling on. Like you said, it's like, Oh, you're just a meme. Just yeah, they deal they with all it. come out with the same talking point. He's just a meme. Yeah. Or and, he's a, he's a minor, he's a bit character. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. And, and, and mocking this, this dude for, for, you know, well, that, being they, emotional. Well, that, they're and all they're that. actors. They're in touch with their emotions. What, what yeah. do you expect? Well, and, and these are real people. I mean, and I think, I I think mean, there, people there, lose track of I, that, too. I, I remember there was a story where, uh, I can't remember what scene it was, but yeah. uh, Mark Hamill was doing, uh, like, after a take was done, he was just kind of sitting on his knees, kind of just like in this weird cons- state that would have made me, if I was on set, I'd be con- reach over, push Hamill on his shoulder, like, you okay, dude? Yeah, yeah. And he was just left there. Wow. Wow. And yeah, so it's like it, the response from those kinds of fans, it's like it, it clearly there's something about this material that it's not for me, it's for them. 
yeah anymore and and that's and this goes into one that's even worse is mm. uh the shit that william shatner had to go through uh i'm not sure if it started this week or last week but uh yeah so so kind of break this down for me because so, like so, uh, i can't remember the person's name uh-huh but i want to say it was a she i'm almost positive it was a woman but okay she's on this uh star trek podcast oh and she put out a a hot take on twitter and it's like I'm probably butchering it word for word, but it was mm. a hot take. I wish uh, Leonard Nimoy was al- still alive rather than William Shatner. And say, say, like William Shatner or not as a person, that is just a horrible thing to say. Yeah. To trade one person for another like that. Yeah. Especially a star- so-called Star Trek fan saying that. And, sure. And, and William Shatner, he didn't take kindly to it. Sure. And he responded the way you would expect somebody to. And... And the uh, so-called fans piled on him, just downplaying his significance, not just as Captain Kirk, but as a just William Shatner being a pop oh, okay. icon. Okay. Like, if you want to see a really good takedown of this stuff, uh, look up uh, Doomcock on YouTube. He does okay. it. He I'll, actually, I'll, I'll link you to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes, Cause, too. Because for... he, he goes through the tweets, and okay. some of them are just really disrespectful, like saying, oh, William Shatner, you're just upset these people because you're old, and these guys have more, have brighter futures than you ever will. And it's like, are you stupid? I mean, Captain Kurt alone has cemented William Shatner's legacy in science fiction, television, sure. movies, and pop culture in general. Right, right. And that's not... And that, that's not counting T.J. Hooker and everything else he's ever yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And then you have others like, I didn't know who William, I didn't never heard of William Shatner until last year. Yikes! No, it's really yikes that you've been living under a rock. What? Yeah. Okay. I I, I I'm starting. It's a to... lot of people that clearly are not fans, or at least if they're fans, they're fans of the new shit. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and and that's. That's a weird space that we find ourselves in is like, you know, um, when there's new material that's or repurposed material in the uh, uh, with regards to the JJ stuff. It's like, yeah, it's I I guess that's one of those weird trade offs is that you end up connecting with an audience that has no connection to the original stuff, which I don't know if I understand. Um, I because really. I'm so old that I don't know if I've had that experience um, where, you know, it's like I've latched on to something new and then gone back to, I mean, I guess like I I would imagine like, you know, people that are like, say, I don't know, like into Doctor Who or something like that. Right. They might have been introduced to a later Who Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if this is the same thing or not, but um, I, I'm, I'm really kind of bothered by that because I just, I don't, I don't know. It's like on one hand, I, I like sharing fandom. And again, I've, I've said ad nauseum that, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I kind of like about Transformers fandom is that, you know, it, it feels very inclusive. I feel like I have as much of a place as, you know, folks, a newbie. Yeah. And, and because, and maybe because there's such a variety of material also. And I don't think I've, I've mentioned that as completely as perhaps I, I could have. But yeah, it's like, if you don't like this, we'll do this, you know, and it's, and it's all there for, and it's not like your stuff doesn't count, this stuff does. And 
So yeah, it's 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 very um, um, uh, every break can kind of cohabitate. I mean, yeah, that, that, you, you bring that up. That reminds me of uh, back when Star Wars or when Star Wars was the, the original trilogy and yeah. the uh, prequel trilogy. Sure, sure, there was obviously division among the fan base, but there was still that connection of hey, we all love Star Wars. Yeah. Whereas with the sequel trilogy, I think there's a there's there's a a a much bigger divide between the yeah. fans of the OT and the prequels and fans of the new trilogy, where where it's like it's much more like one side's attacking the other for not liking the new shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird. And there's there's uh, I mean, again, you you uh, we name dropped uh, Raylos earlier. You know, it's like a lot of a lot of those folks are like, you know, sequel trilogy or bust. You know, to the point where like. All of that other garbage, you know, uh, OT, prequels, all of it. Just, you know, throw it all away. I like this. I mean, I, I've, you know, I, I've seen people like that. That Like, that's... that's it, it, it's ironic because they're the ones that call us toxic. They're the ones that call us intolerant mm-hmm. and hateful. And it's like, do you idiots not look in the mirror or are you just projecting? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I would imagine there's a, there's a, there's a whole lot of that. And and a whole lot of that to unpack too, because it's and again, and maybe it's it's verging on on repeating ourselves, but it's like there there are often times where I don't feel welcomed as as a Star Wars fan, and you that's know kind of how I'm feeling when it comes to black metal these days. Sure, like, like progressives have taken that over, or hipsters, progressive hipsters, whatever you want to call them, take slowly but surely taking that over. Really? Uh, could you elaborate on that? Because I I hadn't really heard about. You know what? Yeah, what, what's going well, on there? Well, you know how hipsters are. They they yeah. love things that are uh, underground and raw or whatever sure, whatever yeah. buzzword you want to attach. Well, yeah. well, black metal's like that. It's it's its own thing that's totally different, or it stands out within heavy metal's subgenres. But the problem is, a lot of these Portland hipsters have realized <laughs> just how raw, just how unapologetic black metal actually is yeah and they are demanding change or they're wanting these iconic bands out which is ironic because a lot of them were sporting burzum t-shirts and if you're not aware of burzum it's it's a a, i cannot pronounce his last name but his first name is varg okay and he's put out some uh stuff that the alt-right would agree with okay or not 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 the music but stuff he's said like his ideologies okay okay and it's like, you guys were well aware of this when when you were wearing Bur- sporting Burzum T-shirts and jacking off to that uh, that uh, sh- that so-called I can't even remember the name of the book. It's supposed okay. to be a documentary of black metal, but it, it oh. just gets so much shit wrong. And it it focuses almost solely on the mayhem stuff with Varg. Okay, but and then they're just out there attacking these bands like uh, they've gone after Marduk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inquisition, Toke, for for their imagery, yeah, and associating them as white supremacist bands. When in reality, it's just they're invoking the imagery for shock value. Yeah, because guess what? Uh, pentagrams and inverted crosses don't really cut it anymore. Right, it, exactly. You know, as uh, as we're hanging out in the studio, you know, you're wearing an Anthrax T-shirt that you know most folks would consider to be. Uh, so tame as to probably be like p 
PG thirteen. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, there, there's but also with, with a lot of those black metal bands that are invoking uh, World War II imagery is because yeah. it's so much more ingrained in their history and their culture than it does ours. Right. Well, because yeah, so so I would imagine that, and, and again, pardon my ignorance, but but I would imagine that like a lot of black metal comes from you know Eastern Europe, right? Uh, a lot of the a lot of the good stuff, yeah, it's from like Scandinavian countries. Okay, but you you get good stuff elsewhere, like here, like even here in the United States mm-hmm. or South Af- or South America. I mean, that's where uh, Inquisition's originally from. Okay, yeah. See, and and that's and that's kind of frustrating to where. It's like you um, you see something and want to no how how am I trying to say it? it's like um, it's you know, it's what they call cultural appropriation sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like I it's like I I like this you know it's like I like the music or it's like oh wait a minute it has imagery that I suddenly as a fan of this material can't hang with it's up to them to change that's also what's going on in video games really badly right now yeah see and and to like, me it, at least with my, my kind of progressive curmudgeon viewpoint it's like I I can see that and I'm like no, you, it's it's up to you, you know, as the end user to say, you know what, that's not for me. It's not necessarily for the end user to be like, hey, man, you need to change. It's like, I just, exactly. that, that's like, where I get. It's like what's going on with uh, CD Projekt Red and they're having to deal with with their upcoming game, uh, Cyberpunk uh, 77. Oh, sure. That's the Keanu Reeves game, right? Yeah, but okay. th- they get a lot of flack, or they've been getting flack for so so called transphobia nonsense. Mm. And then you get uh, the uh, snake oil saleswoman, Anita Sarkeesian, trying to get herself get herself a consulting job. It's like, hey, you know, if you hire me to consult, you won't be getting all this all this hate for being uh, non inclusive or whatever buzzword. And it's like, it's like God, God I, I, wow. Ten years ago, I missed ten years ago in video games. Yeah, like this stuff was not an issue. Like everybody was, just, it was just we, we just want to enjoy our games. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted. Yeah, though. On the other hand, I, I saw something uh, recently that showed that uh, um, you get a uh, Cabal's classic MK3 meta- uh, fatality in Mortal Kombat 11. I don't know if you saw that or not. Um, where, where it's like. Oh, oh! I I was not expecting you to not know what I was talking about. Sorry, I avoided that game. I I understand it was a, it was a hard pass for you, but yeah, I saw I just saw a stray tweet the other day where it's like you know one of one of Cabal's uh, more famous fatalities from Mortal Kombat Three was you know he takes off his mask and he you know he's got the, like the big googly eyes and stuff like that. So apparently they've done like a version of that or something, and it, it was one of those things where I'm like I was just flipping through screens on my phone I'm like okay if you say so <laughs> I, I i i haven't even seen the fatalities in that game so i don't know yeah i can't comment on that yeah yeah i was i, I was just throwing that out there to just kind of kind of rib you a little bit because i know uh um mk11 was is uh one of those other uh disappointments very much on topic for what what we're talking about to where it's like it's like no you change it's like no it it it's fucking Mortal Kombat. It's like it's like no, you, yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's the stuff that they were changing in Mortal Kombat Eleven. It's been there since at the latest MK Three. Exactly. So, so it's been there for over twenty years. Yeah, and and I think that you know whether you agree with 
the material or not. It's up to the consumer to decide whether they want to consume the material or not and not go on crusades to change the material. That's where I start getting yeah, bristly. Yeah. It, it, it's If the stuff that you're, you're looking at, or like a, with video games, if a, a particular game isn't, uh, doesn't stand out to you as something you would want, yeah. do, do the old-fashioned thing. Don't like it, don't buy it. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that's what I did with Mortal Kombat 11. I didn't like what they were selling. I did not buy it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, you're you're voting with your wallet. It's just like, I don't want this. I'm not going to buy it. You know, and, you know, we, we, we see that more and more. So, um, so anyway, so, yeah, so anything else on your uh, on your hit list that you wanted to... Um, no, it was just particularly those so-called fans I really wanted yeah. to just, just well, get pissed at. Well, and these are probably the same so-called fans that are behind all these dumb petitions. You know, it's like, you know, re remake uh, Game of Thrones, you know. No, 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 no. Th- those are, those are, that's different, or that Game of Thrones one. That one, okay. uh, the guy who created that one put out a about section and it clarified what he was going after. Like, he was well aware that he's not, this petition's not going to have any change. Uh-huh. Like, HBO's not going to redo season eight. It, it was, it was a method of, uh, it was an outlet to okay. express their frustration, their anger. Hmm. And considering the amount of uh, people that have signed it, he's not alone. A lot of people did not like uh, how season eight turned out. Yeah. Because cause it's, cause we as fans don't have a lot of places to do outletting anymore. Because like Rotten Tomatoes has got done away with theirs. Right. And some, some sites like Reddit or uh-huh. they control the narrative all the time so hmm sounds like those folks need to start podcasts or blogs or something well not everybody has the uh yeah well yeah but, and that's why you see a lot of rise in uh these youtube channels like yeah, a lot of the ones that yeah. i well, all the ones i i watch i discovered after uh the last jedi yeah because there was a lot of outrage for how that story turned out and people were taken to youtube yeah, and, and it seems like there's been a, as much as there was a meteoric rise in podcasting, there there's also been an equal equal opposite meteoric rise in uh, YouTubers. You but, know, but Google's trying to shut that down. Yeah, and that's, and that's, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, and, and again, the, I don't think this is a political statement, but last time I checked, we got something that's called the First Amendment. You know, and and that's that's, well, but th- I can't. There's a stupid little cartoon that always uh, is thrown around to challenge that. It's like the First Amendment, it refers to uh, government and whatnot. It doesn't refer to corporations or whatever. And, and like, while that's technically true, however, free what we're talking about is freedom of speech, not so much the First Amendment, because the First Amendment protects freedom of speech from the government. Yeah. And, at this point, I really do think we need uh, something similar when it comes to companies and whatnot. Because you have Silicon Valley, you have Disney that are have a stranglehold yeah. on on these platforms and and, and uh, outlet and media outlets. Yeah, and and it's oh man, is it? And and this is another one of those weird tangents where where I'm I'm really wibbly wobbly in terms of where I stand because like 
I also think that as, you know, companies and outlets have the right to regulate their content. So, well, with uh, with Silicon, the Silicon Valley companies, uh, uh-huh. it's gotten to a point where social media is the new uh, town square where everybody sure. gets together yeah. to, to, to discuss what's on their mind or topics of the day, exchange ideas, blah, blah, blah. I think they should be regulated in the same way we regulate uh, the telephone company or telephone companies in that they're not allowed to deny service. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I, I mean, there was a, I'm not sure if it was Supreme Court or it was higher or not, but like the president is not allowed to block people because he is the president and people need access to his, uh, should have access or should be allowed to have access to his Twitter account. I so, never uh, so by that, that line of logic, Twitter should not, at least not, should not be allowed to at least ban Americans. Because if you're banning Americans, then we don't have access to our president's Twitter account. Huh. That's thought-provoking. Um, yeah, that, that's a couple different things that I hadn't really thought of previously. I, yeah, it's like, I mean, because like I've, I've blocked a couple folks on Twitter. I can count them on one hand. But, but yeah, it's like it hadn't even occurred to me um, about, the, about the, uh, the access point. You're, you're absolutely yeah, yeah, right. Like, I get it. And it's not just the president. It's like our, our representatives and sure, Congress and the Senate, yeah. our, our local police and fire departments. You block us on Twitter, we don't have access to that stuff. Right. And it's getting to a point where social media is just as important as as te- the telephone was. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and or more argu- so, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say, arguably, it is the new telephone. As you said, it's the new town square. And I, I agree with that aspect of it. Um, I don't know, though, and th- this may be a, a different discussion for a different day, is... This is probably one we should have with Dave. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think he's so. Got, he's said a lot, had a lot to say about it. Exactly, and and I think I think that is something that um, that that we should unpack. Um, you know that 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 might give me time to regroup and 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 uh, uh, put some more thought into it because you you do put um, um, a couple really good um, thought processes out there. I just I the thing because like you know. Um, I, I keep going back to like the example of say like Alex Jones and like the stuff that he's been banned on. And there's an aspect of me where I'm like, good, that's, that's a toxic motherfucker. Um, other times it's like, yeah, but wait a sec, what precedent are we setting? It's well, like the, the problem with, with Alex Jones, like him or hate him. It's like the people that are equal on the other side of the political spectrum aren't getting banned. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think there should be uh, equal representation or you know, I mean, not representation, but yeah, it's like there, there should be there should be equal treatment. I'm, but I'm also of the belief that uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Ooh, I like that. Because because if you want to expose bad ideas. Yeah. Or you have to have them out in the open yeah. to, sh- to demonstrate that they're bad. You can't yeah. just say, oh, this is bad. Ban it. Yeah. Because. They did that with uh, the Daily Stormer, a white supremacist website, and where they removed it from, uh, or tried to remove it from the internet, but it just yeah. went, it didn't go away. It just went, it to, just went deeper. It went into the dark web. So we, basically right. all you're doing is sweeping it under the rug. It's still yeah. there. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's any better. And in fact, honestly, I, I don't know what the solution is on that. 
uh, because I mean I'm not familiar enough with uh, the material, but well, from what I'm understanding, it's you know it's advocating hate and bigotry, and I don't well, I, I would, don't know if that's something that I, I would say have it out in the open for everyone to see, yeah, and, and demonstrate that it's bad, and also yeah, these ideals aren't that popular. They don't have that much of it or as big of a, an influence as uh, some might give you the impression. Yeah, well, and the alt right is not nearly as influential as people make them out to be. Fair enough, fair enough. And and then there's uh, there's the other perspective of you know the the vocal minority, you know. And and I was thinking about this when we were talking about like the the uh, William Shatner stuff. It's like you know is is that the case of a, a vocal minority influencing the narrative? You know, it's it's you know it's it's just, it's just one of those things to to unpack it like a, a larger um, larger stage at a different time. But yeah, it's uh, um, that's that that's definitely um, hot red hot button stuff. And I, I I think you're absolutely right. I think I think we need to rope in our buddy Dave and um, yeah, see see if uh, you know I'm I, I'm just thinking out loud doing a. Uh, planning, it's like you know maybe I should find uh, uh, one of my friends that's especially squishy to to join in as well. I don't know, but um, um, if you can find somebody that can tolerate me and Dave, more power to that, you. Yeah, that's that's about what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, buddy, I don't know about that, especially to get as um, uh, polarizing as as we would. So maybe that's not a terrible idea. I. I um, no, I said that backwards. Maybe that is a terrible idea. I, I think it's one of those things where we just put it out there and let the audience decide. Um, but you know what, buddy? This is this has been a lot of fun, but it is it is really hot up here in the studio, and I think uh, I think we need to get out in that sunshine and try to escape from this uh, this hot box uh, before we part ways for now. Um, where can folks find you out on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at late night def. Uh, if you got any uh, problems with stuff I said, mm. uh, one send your hate mail to Mike. <laughs> He's the one yes. that brought me up here. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and that's and and I you know to to maybe loop things all the way back around. That that's something I you know will continue to do because I I like having these conversations. It's it's and according uh, to one of your responders, it sounds like they enjoy it too. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and I mean, because I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, just kind of you know wearing things out in the open there. There was a time maybe. Oh, I don't know. This was like well over a year ago where it was like, well, I, you know, killing spree can be a really polarizing figure because just because of, you know, uh, your persona, how you carry yourself, how you present yourself. And, you know, it's like, do I keep do I want to keep doing shows with Killing Spree? Actually, I, I, I think I've told the story on the air, so I'll just tell it to you here while while we're here. Yeah, I, was, I don't think I've heard it. Yeah, I was I was at a um, I was at a show with uh, with uh, um, uh, I don't even remember what the band was, but I, I remember somebody uh, rolled up to me uh, who who was who was in a band also and said, I don't remember if it was the Last Jedi episode. This, it must have been way before that. I think it was before that. But it's like, who is that guy that you had on your show? It's like, he's like, 
I mean, it's like, is, is he is he like down with the alt right or whatever? I'm like, no, I don't think he's down with the alt right. I, <laughs> I he's polarizing, and and I would say he's you know probably definitely you know centrist right if anything. But that's, that's probably a fair assessment of of my political sense that I never identified myself as conservative. Right. I used to identify as a liberal in my late teens and early twenties, but slowly but surely I moved to the right because yeah. of just opening my eyes the way to left acts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, but the, I want to go on a tirade about this whole labeling people as the alt-right stuff, but yeah. I, that's going to be a long thing. I don't know. Oh, okay. you, do you want me to go into that? You know what? We're already here. Why, why don't you go ahead and snap open that uh, box? And since, since we're here, it'll make it feel complete rather than just, you know, well, to me, the people who throw around the label alt-right. Yeah either have no fucking idea what the alt-right actually is or they're the kind of disingenuous assholes that throw around the label to shut down discussion because trying to hold my composure here so forgive me if i kind of stop talking but take your time it, it it infuriates me to no end when those of us who were a part of gamergate or comicsgate now are labeled as alt-right because everything I've seen in both those movements demonstrates that neither of them are alt-right. Because the alt-right is a white ethno-nationalist movement. They're very fucking racist. They're all about white-only state or countries. They're, they're collectivists. They're not individualists. Or they're not... They're like SJWs in their obsessive or nature, their obsessiveness over race and collective ideals. And to me, also, when you're using, whether it be the alt-right, Nazi, or any other of those words that be, have become buzzwords, you're diluting them into meaningless insults. Because, I mean, like, it always bugged me back in the day when people would, would throw around the term grammar Nazi. Because at least it used to mean, or the, the term Nazi used to mean something, something awful. And, oh, to, sure. and to associate it, or to dwindle it down to just hey this guy's correcting my grammar i don't like it i'm gonna call him a grammar nazi it's like dude what the fuck is wrong with you mm-hmm. and the same basically same thing with the throwing around the alt-right label where you know what anyone who honestly honest to god believes that those of us that support comics gate or are directly involved in comics gate have an honest to god conversation with us not at us yeah and maybe you'll realize that we're not fucking alt-right nazis you fuckers god damn it I mean, for fuck's sake, I have family that would not be allowed in a white ethno state. Why would I ever support something like that? Right. Well, and that's, that's you know, th- that's why I didn't want to shy away from it. Because it's like, no, y- you've got something to say. And I want to make sure that you have uh, the, the platform to say it. Because the thing that I, I would say, and I've always said this in my defense of um, doing this type of content with you, is that... You've always been very, um, you know, you're you're polarized, but it's always come from like a a place of logic and reasoning. And my exposure to you in these last several years that that you know we've we've done stuff together is that you're the the antithesis of what people's perception of like you know 
uh, again, throwing labels out here, you know, you know, right wing, conservative, whatever. MAGA people. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and that's and that's why I made that that reference um, about about your hat, because I thought I, I was trying to be as yeah, I, I wouldn't use it on my Twitter uh, profile if I was not a. Shy about it. Exactly. Yeah. And and really, it was kind of a, a way of just kind of being as reductive as possible, because you talk about labels, you know, you throw around MAGA and, you know, people like, you know, it's it's immediately polarizing. And oftentimes uh, where where folks will will get the wrong idea. And it, it is it is frustrating that it's like I, I don't know. It's and I don't have this this fully thought through, but it's like when, when people like you know the the old uh, um, uh, Seinfeld joke of you know the soup Nazi or whatever. It's like you know actual Nazis are kind of a scary thing, and I feel like it kind of like cheapens it a little bit and makes exactly. it make, make, exactly. makes it cutesy. And I I I agree with you in that. Like I'm I'm not. Yeah, you're you're kind of taking like the the uh, dread. Um, you know, dread and and perhaps uh, you know, power and and scariness of it. It's like no, th- this is a this is a thing that actually happened in um our world's history, and to have it kind of reducted to just like either either a a cartoonish character or something that's that's a reductive label yeah. is is I I don't yeah, so, I don't think is appropriate. So I don't I don't uh, I wouldn't expect people to come around to my stances on whatever issues right. it's just for the love of god have an honest conversation yeah. with people don't don't throw labels around like that and i know yeah. to be fair it it's the other side does it i sure. mean the word cut gets thrown around it's gotten around thrown around way too much yeah that's uh um, sjw admittedly gets thrown around way too much and i and i only use it i try my best i should say <laughs> to use it when the shoe fits yeah and when i've seen the alt-right label thrown around it never is when the shoe fits like yeah like people like to i know i'm, I'm gonna name drop he who shall not be named ethan van skyver yeah no he it's... gets thrown around or tossed around with the alt-right label here's the thing both on his his live streams and on his twitter account he has outright denounced that kind of stuff I can't, yes. I can't i can't remember the dude's name but, but there was a uh, an alt-writer who was trying to co-op game uh, comics gate even went out of his way to say, "Hey, no, that's not acceptable here. Get out of here with that shit." That's true. That that I mean, like him or not, at least be honest. Of what he be a little more honest in your criticism of him. Hmm. That that's what I would say. Okay, because like like we're beating a dead horse here. When you're throwing around terms like alt right and Nazi yeah. and whatnot, you're it 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 comes across as what it is disingenuous. Sure. Or or ignorant, whichever whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know, and and I I think it it's kind of interesting through through this uh conversation about this uh Godzilla King of Monsters uh uh conversation, I, I think we we've seeded um a couple more um additional shows that we can do uh somewhere down in in the in the future because I you know I we don't have time for it now, but I, I, I would like to have that more in-depth uh, conversation um, hey, about you, Comicsgate with you, honestly. And if your your audience 
wants it. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I'm not, not going to force it on you if nobody wants to hear it. Absolutely, and and, and I understand that as well. And um, and and I think I think I addressed this in in my previous episode. It's like I um, the reason why I wanted to do it the way I did is so that you know my my viewpoint isn't um, influenced by you know being being in the room with somebody else. Because like even like, you know, just even just like conversational stuff, just like, you know, nods. It's a, yeah, you know, active listening type of things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, maybe that could be, you know, misconstrued or misinterpreted or whatever. And honestly, when I when I thought I wanted to talk about Comicsgate, I almost reached out to you to say, like, hey, man, can we talk about this? But then I realized that, yeah, it's like I thought maybe I wanted to do it that one way first and then maybe do it collaboratively later. Right. Because it, it is one of those things where, um, you know, as, as I was doing some research on it, because again, as I had mentioned, I, 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 I really, my way of dealing with comics gate was just to be an ostrich about it. It's just like, I know that, this that, is that, a thing and, and that's not unfair. Like, I, yeah. I can understand that some people don't want to get involved in uh, a culture war. That they just want to exactly. they just want to en- enjoy their stuff. Like I, yeah, I'm not going to begrudge somebody for that. And and that's the thing. It's like you know, and I and and again, I don't know if I if I touched on this uh, effectively or not. But it's like you know, folks that want to support those projects, go ahead. And and I I will. I don't. Um, uh, I have no problem with their right to exist you know these projects i mean right it's like and that's and you know the and that was the whole crux of what got me on the topic to begin with it's like you know this vague project that i keep talking about is like you know 250 percent funded you know it's like so people have voted with their wallets and say that they want this project to happen so so yeah and that's and and i'm not gonna you know, uh, criticize that because I feel that people should have access to the material that they say that they want. So it's like I was saying with video games a moment ago. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, I, I think, I think before, uh, we, we, uh, cause I think we've like tried to come in for a landing like two or three different times. It's like, we come down kind of, kind of like the wheels kind of like touch on the, the runway a little bit and then we pull back up. But I think, I, I think, I think our time is done for today. It's getting way too hot. It's, it's way too hot. It's getting way too late. Uh, but, um, thank you as always for, for hanging around with me. Um, I, I, I do enjoy um um our conversations together so and uh like i said if you got anybody listening that had a real uh, like a serious problem with anything i've said here one or you should yeah. direct your ma- mail at mike because yep, yep. when it comes to me oh it didn't work oh <laughs> oh you're trying to do sounds i see what you're doing here <laughs> third time's a charm i apologize for nothing Perfect. I had it all planned out and I fucked it up. Oh man! Shout out to uh, uh, shitloads. It's my of turn to fuck up. I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've been doing enough of that recently myself. So uh, uh, for Mike Cybert Radio, my name is Mike. I am Killing Spree. And until next time, <laughs> make good choices or fuck them up. Oh, man. Whoa! Those were some seriously hot takes. How do you feel about it? Let Mike know on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio.
Join us for the following previews. And hey, before I get out of here, I want to let you know what's coming up in the next few weeks on the show, starting with the brand new summer single from Kirby Crackle, I Love You 3000. It's obviously an Avengers Endgame theme jam that will get you right in those post-Father's Day feels. And you can actually download that song right now, but I'm going to play it for you on next week's podcast. And don't forget, you can catch Kyle Stevens and Kirby Crackle on the 10 Years of Nerd Rock West Coast Tour kicking off Wednesday, June 26th with a 21-plus show at the High Dive in Seattle, but then goes all ages with dates in Oregon and California before wrapping up in Las Vegas on July 6th. Head on over to KirbyCrackleMusic.com, that's spelled with two Ks, uh, one for each Kirby and each Crackle, for all the music, all the videos, show dates, and more, KirbyCrackleMusic.com. And then later, I've got some exciting guests, including Chris Hatami. He's going to tell us all about the launch of SpecScript Seattle on June 30th with what's sure to be an all-time classic episode of the podcast, Transparent, uh, written by Lexi Hack at the Blue Moon Tavern. A friend of the show, Steve Strout, thestevestrout.com, will join me to discuss the return of comic book swap meet the olympic peninsula's own mini comic convention is back and it's going to be better than ever that will be happening on july 13th and i am beyond excited to announce that i will be reuniting with my longtime kgrg co-host and partner in crime mickey will be joining me for one last show before she moves to canada that is going to be a bittersweet episode uh plus later this summer i'll have recaps of TFCon Toronto and CybeFest Northwest and my interview with Brian Birnbaum, podcast host and author of the first novel from Dead Rabbit's books called Emerald City. It's going to be a really fun summer and we're going to have a great time, but that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And special thanks, as always, to Dave Sanders for producing the show intro, outro, and bumpers. Hit him up for your podcast editing needs. He's out there on Fiverr. I've got a link in the show notes. And I will see you around the way. Later. Uh, Make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. Well, for all of you folks who do not speak Japanese, we've translated the Jet Jaguar fight song so that you can sing along. I'd tell you to follow the bouncing ball, but uh, we don't have one. Roll that puppy, Cambot. Jet Jagger, Jet Jagger, 
Can conjure flame without flint or tinder. 